acutely we need these things, these, these vitamins and herbs that turn up our immune system. But long term, we need the depths of the immune strength to be this metabolic strength. So I think the next big wave, and that's why the 30-day reset, that's really an immunological reset. And so the next wave of it for long-term health is going to be metabolic health. Welcome to the party. I'm your host, Luke Story. Today's sponsors are paleovalley.com for some incredible little meaty snacks, earthechofoods.com slash Luke Story for their fantastic cacao product, Cacao Bliss. And then for some red light therapy, our friends over at juve.com slash Luke. Our guest today is none other than Dr. Christopher Shade. He's a PhD founder and CEO of Quicksilver Scientific. What's cool about Chris is that he specializes in the biological, environmental, and analytical chemistry of mercury in all its forms and their interactions with sulfur compounds, particularly glutathione and its enzyme system. But wait, there's more. He's not only one of the most real and irreverent leaders in the health and wellness space, he's also a rare combination of very high intellect and equally high humor. So I always have a great time talking to Chris Shade. He's just, he's a wild man and he's also brilliant. And you'll key into this throughout the interview. And uh, also now would be a great time to warn you that there is an abundance of adult language on this episode. So be mindful of the little ones in your vicinity if that's a concern. This is episode 375. It's called The Detox and Immunity Tools They Don't Want You to Know About. And if by the end of this conversation you want to get your paws on some of the super chronic formulations Dr. Shade created, you can get a 10% hookup on your first order with the code STORY10 at QuicksilverScientific.com. QuicksilverScientific.com, STORY10 is the code. I love their stuff. I use it all the time, which you're going to hear about in this episode. But we talk about all kinds of crazy stuff. I mean, the focus was really, as I said, detox and immunity. But um, Chris knows a lot, and he's also willing to talk about anything. So we got into some super far out stuff. But to to keep it on the topics covered, here's the skinny on this chat. First, we do a follow-up to my Quicksilver 30-Day Reset and how it saved me during my big move to Texas, which it really did. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I would have made it if I didn't do some some heavy detoxing and fortifying before making that journey. We talk about what the 30-day reset protocol includes and how it helps, uh, what true metabolic health looks like and why it matters, what trashes your mitochondria the most, Chris's thoughts on the health and wellness trends he's seen during the pandemic era, the biggest needle movers when it comes to immunity. Chris explains the phenomenon of virus and spike protein shedding the critical link between gut health and optimal immune function, the immunity protocol Chris recommends. Then Chris talks a bit about ozone and its incredible list of benefits, which is something I always like to talk about. The truth about bioavailability of immune support ingredients, how to detox after mold exposure. Huge download on that one. I know this is something people struggle with a lot, so I was happy to get to cover this one. How mercury exposure typically occurs, why we should all be screening for mercury and other toxic metals and how to analyze the results, why it's so important for women to test for and detox from mercury before having babies, what to do if you discover that you've been exposed to this evil mercury, the benefits and risks of oral and IV chelation, how to test and detox from glyphosate, and finally, Quicksilver Scientific's longevity wheel, what it is, who it's for, and how we can use it to improve longevity and so much more. 
And I'd like to take a minute to thank you for listening to my show. You know, I had a dream seven years ago to start my own podcast as a huge podcast fan myself. And I have to say, it's been one of the most rewarding experiences of my life. And without you, whether you're a new time listener, a long time listener, it would not be possible. So I wanted you to know that I deeply appreciate your time and attention. And you have my commitment to continue to bring you the most transformative information I can for as long as I can. And with that, I direct your attention to today's brilliant guest, Dr. Chris Shade. Chris Shade, what's up, man? Well, I'm just coming down to Austin, get out of uh, my bubble up there in Boulder and uh, see the world and see you. Nice, dude. Welcome. It's good to see you again. It's great to see you. And thank you for coming to do it in person. Oh, God, I hate this Zoom stuff. I've done a couple of podcasts with different people, and especially when people know how to talk to each other when they have good energy together, you just, you never go off topic. Whatever you are is the topic. And some of these Zoom ones, even when I'm interviewing other people, it's like, you know, they usually would track with me, and then we just, you know, you're tail ending and bringing somebody back to where you wanted to go. Yeah, it's, it's, ch- I mean, I'm grateful for the technology, right? Cause, I might, kept, th- kept things together in a time where we could have been hopelessly alienated if yeah. this was the 80s. Yeah. Uh, but uh, let's get back together. Yeah, I agree. So thanks for coming out. Um, I forgot to quiz you on what you have in your bag. Every time I see you, <laughs> when I see you at parties or events, you're always like, hey, kid, come here. And you have something, you know, kind of, yeah. sometimes above board, sometimes a little experimental. Sometimes, sometimes experimental. There's some experimental stuff farther in there. But, you know, whenever I give talks, I love nano yohimbi. That's the alkaloid of yohimbi. No way. Oh yeah. We this is such a great central nervous system stimulant. Uh, James Maskell, I give him a bottle, and I do it before I talk because your word recall is impeccable. Really, you everything right there. You just you have enough firepower to stage the whole talk up there, and then the words just come down. You never miss anything. And James just texted me the other day. He goes, "I love this stuff. It makes me feel so smart." Can I try it? Yeah. Yeah, do three of those. It's not going to give me a um, an un- irreversible erection. <laughs> no, in fact, everybody thinks it does that. It's like a brain erection. Okay, you know? I can I can live with that. Yeah, you know, your forehead will grow a little bit. I got a funny story for you about Yohimbi. So, a few years ago, I had some of this. I was like doing a libido experiment where I was trying yeah. to raise my testosterone and all this stuff. So I got some of the. Yohimbi HCL extract. Well, that's what that is. This white nanoparticle. This white powder. Yeah. I don't really read the directions a lot. Oh, God. The dosages are minuscule. Yeah. So, you know, it says take one scoop. I'm like, ah, teaspoon, you know, whatever. Oh. I mean, it wasn't a teaspoon, but it was way more. It was a lot. Yeah. It was, um, you guys, this is a a nano emulsified thing, which is why I'm holding it under my tongue and showing really weird. Yeah. So anyway, um, I didn't even have a date or anything. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I'm going to just try this out. And I took too much of the Yohimbi. Yeah. And it. this is a word of warning to anyone listening. Yeah. It was one of the most uncomfortable experiences of my life. In the heart? Just my whole body. I I lived close to Cedar sinai yeah. yeah. I almost drove myself to the yeah. ER because I was so uncomfortable. So oh. I, I started taking charcoal. Went in the sauna. Yeah, I mean, I was like, I got to get this stuff out of me, and it, and it lasted for a while. It was, it it's, was one of my worst experiments. It, that's why I don't sell that. So you just took uh, a 
you know, about 10 milligrams, right? And uh, whereas when you took that teaspoon, you probably took, you know, a couple grams. <laughs> and uh, the reason I don't sell it is because it has a narrow th therapeutic window. One pump of that feels pretty good. Two feels good. Three feels great. Four, you start feeling a little weird. By five or six, you're sweating, your pupils are dilated, your heart is pounding. And so that narrow therapeutic window, people screw up with it. Like, oh, if one scoop's good, 10's better, you know? And because yeah. it quickly goes into being way too much of a stimulant. Yeah, that was a, that was a bad move. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't learn my lesson and <laughs> I've had some similar experiences. I mean, part of it's just being an immersive journalist of sorts yeah. and being a guinea pig and pushing the threshold of things so I can tell the audience like, hey, don't do what I did. Yeah. Sometimes it takes five, six hours, sometimes two days to come out of it. Yeah. So, you know, word to the wise there. What was the other thing you were pulling out? Oh, well, this, uh, I mean, that's NAD Platinum, but oh, yeah, for I love the road, stuff. I mixed NAD Platinum, the one and our new membrane mend, which is uh, PC with astaxanthin and tocotrienol. Oh, wow. And so like those, I would take all three of those yeah. and, you know, I was, I was just carrying on. So I just blended it all together. Nice. Yeah. Nice. What was the other one that, that had a homemade label? Oh, this is, uh, this is a bunch of adaptogens that are part of the root of, uh, of the new product that we're doing that has oh, cool. astragalocytes in it as well. But there's uh, jagulan, ashwagandha, licorice, and two types of ginseng. One is a fermented Korean ginseng, and wow. uh, one is regular uh, regular red ginseng root. You want to try some cool. of that too? Yeah. yeah. You're going to see it's fucking jacked. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah, with, with ginseng, especially the Korean. And you'll be like, whoa. All right. So we're, so we're going to dose some of that. Hmm. Wow, so fun. I'm yeah. glad I mentioned, wow, a ginseng yeah. is strong. Yeah, we're not kidding there. It's not like when I was a kid, we used to go to Chinatown in San Francisco, mm -hmm. and they'd have those little bottles of a root, you know? Yep. And it had the flavor, but I never noticed any discernible Yeah, effect. they probably extracted the damn root and then dumped the extracted root <laughs> in the right. bottle. and then So you end up oh, with some, go. some fiber and sugar water. Yeah, that's what those tasted with. Like, And then there was those little ampules you'd like crack off. oh yeah i forgot about yeah. those yeah yeah old school chinatown stuff mm -hmm. all right so where do i want to start i want to catch up i did your 30-day reset oh yeah yeah right before i left la mm -hmm. and it was my first cross-country move first move with a fiance mm-hmm Again, guys, sorry about the voice here. I'm like, <laughs> so this is an immersive experience. Yeah, I'm like, you got to give a really long answer so I can let this absorb. <laughs> so, hellacious move. I mean, yeah, I'm a pretty calm guy. I meditate. I do all the things. Oh, so moves are trauma, but it was it was a lot. And so, right before the move, I had the inclination. I want to get my mitochondria firing. I want to have energy. Want to be as detox as possible so that I have the mental and physical yeah. fortitude to handle this move. So I did the 30 day reset that your team sent me mm -hmm. and I didn't even read into it too much. I just followed the directions, yeah. which were super easy, by the way. Thank you yeah. for not making it complicated. It's like, <laughs> wake up, do this middle of the day, do this before you go to bed, do this like totally idiot proof. Yep. But I really was in such a hurry with the move. I didn't even know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I just know that I executed this move with yep. as much grace and focus as is humanly possible. So what was that reset that I did? 
Uh, so that is a, more of a metabolic reset. So when we do what we call push catch, you'll take uh, liver sauce and binder. Liver sauce is meant to like mobilize toxins, mobilize them through the bile, and then catch them with some binder. Uh, but we can use liver sauce or we can use AMPK charge. Now, that's what we used to call keto before six. That was that product that puts you into ketosis like that. It's an AMPK activator that helps you mobilize all of your stored energy, <laughs> makes you uh, metabolically more flexible, uh, has some autophagy with it. There's some of the liver stuff, but it's more of a metabolism thing. Now, we changed the name from keto before six. The idea of that name was that you could be keto all day, just uh, don't eat carbs in the morning and you know minimal for lunch and you'll be in ketosis all day. Do whatever you want at night. So six, like after six. There's a guy who had this uh, diet, the vegan before six diet. You know, eat eat animal protein at night. And but nobody believed it. And all the biohackers were like, I struggle to get into ketosis. I'm not using your witch's cheap trick around it. Uh, and so we couldn't sell it. So we changed the name to AMPK Charge, and now it's just an AMPK activator. Now everybody buys it. Oh, that's funny. I didn't realize those were different because uh, <laughs> they're that they're the same. Yeah, 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 the yeah, same the, goddamn. Because I still I have both at home, mm -hmm. and in the morning I take both, so I'm probably taking like a double dose. <laughs> You're like, boy, they taste similar. But to the point of that ketosis thing because i i find ketosis really difficult because it's like the car i mean carbs are in everything everywhere unless you're carnivore i mean it's like i don't know how people really do it yeah but i did uh have a friend in la i think they're a quicksilver distributor at osteo strong um uh, yeah yeah my buddy frank and sarah and he got the keto before six yeah. this is maybe a year ago or something and he's like, yeah. And he does, you know, quantification and stuff. Yeah. I don't do that much of that. Yeah. Um, you know, the ketone blood yeah, thing yeah, and all yeah. that. He's like, dude, so I got this product and we were talking about how hard ketosis yeah. is. Yeah. And he's like, so I got it and I tested it out. And he said, um, so I took it and then whatever it was, 20 minutes yeah. later, ate a slice of pizza and stayed in ketosis. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Like <laughs> flour? Flour totally. like, you might as well be eating ice cream, you know? And he's like, so then... I took it and ate a whole pizza. <laughs> this is him. And he's I mean, why would he lie to me? He's not trying to sell me yeah. anything. And he goes, I ate a whole, you know, a whole like small size pizza and remained in ketosis yeah. after that. I'm it's like, what? So that's when I started doing it. But then I started doing it and eating like ice cream and cookies and shit. So I don't know if it worked for me in that regard. Well, it, see, the thing is, it's going to keep you burning both paths and being very efficient about it. And, you know, maybe you're 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 not quite breaking deeply into ketosis, but you still have some ketones on board. And you just pull some of that stuff back for a little bit. You'll pop up into therapeutic ketosis. Uh, the beauty of this is it keeps you running both paths. And that's like the gold, gold standard. So you could be making ketones and burning carb at the same time. Whereas usually your blood sugar has to crash down to like 70 before the ketones come on. Uh, and because then your body senses you're running out of sugar and then it calls for more. And that calling for more involves moving sugar out of the liver, moving glycogen out of the muscles, converting it to sugar, increasing glucose transporters, and then mobilizing your fat and turning it into ketones. But here you're doing all that at once. So even if you're eating carbs and taking this, you're still more metabolically efficient. So that's a part of the 30-day reset is to make your body a burning machine, not a storing machine. Because that's, you know, we usually are only intermittently exposed to lots of carbs as an evolutionary species. And when we have those carbs, then we start storing things in. And that's when you lay down fat and all these things. And so this is just keeping you burning, keeping autophagy up, 
and just making making you very efficient. And that's part of the the 30 day reset. Now, because you're burning uh, fat and uh, mobilizing fat, you're also mobilizing fat soluble toxins, which is why we have you take uh, the binder as well. And then we put. I, I don't remember. Did you take glutathione with that? Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. glutathione is to help you. So this is detoxification and metabolism at the same time. And uh, and then there's NAD building too. So that's build up mitochondria. So the AMPK charge is hitting AMPK. It's hitting uh, autophagy and mitophagy, and it's hitting sirtuins to enable, uh, especially if you do a little intermittent fasting, to enable mitochondrial biogenesis. That's all working with the NAD building. The NAD building is the basis of sirtuin activation. Then these things like resveratrol and quercetin are uh, hyperstimulating that. But there's also things, there's senolytics in there like quercetin and resveratrol. And so you're hitting a lot of different bases to through uh, senolytic activity and through autophagy to clean up old, whole bad cells and cellular organelles. Uh, you know, one of the things that's always interesting to me is, you know, what mitophagy, that's eating old mitochondria. And then the flip side of that is mitochondrial biogenesis, and that's making new ones. So how do you know which are the bad mitochondria and which are the good? And it comes down to the membranes. As the membranes get depolarized and damaged, they get little markers on them. And then the body knows when it's doing autophagy and it's building these little liposomes within a cell that it puts all these enzymes and acids into to break things down. And it engulfs these bad uh, mitochondria. And then if you're doing everything right, you'll make new ones as well. And so that's how that system's set up to detoxify and increase metabolic uh, efficiency at the same time while building mitochondrial health. And that's the reset from like, you know, a little dull and cloudy to clear all that up and shine all that metabolic machinery. Well, whatever it was, it worked. Cause I, I I mean, I'm looking back, like, I don't know how I didn't like have a breakdown (laughs) during that move. It was, it was a lot, dude. It was a lot. Even just getting out the driving even, you know what I mean? Just like getting smoked from just driving, you know, from LA to Texas. And I had this, uh, we, we hired, movers, proper movers to pack and take a semi of all the stuff. But there were things we needed immediately in our apartment because we're doing renovations. So one of the things that I put in the back of the trailer, uh, we towed a little U-Haul trailer, um, was this freezer full of grass-fed meat that I had. Oh, yeah. And the movers wouldn't take it because it's perishable. So wherever we stopped, I had to like find a place to plug it in, you know, because it didn't go bad. I didn't want to waste, you know, I mean, I respect the animals, honestly, and the money that, you know, the animals cost. And, uh, so, yeah, I mean, just little things like that, just weird stuff you don't think about. Trying to keep my plants alive, they wouldn't take the plants. So, yeah. you know, try, I have to open up the U-Haul and give them some sun. I mean, it's just this whole thing. And I'm like, oh, my God, if I hadn't have been in good shape physically and oh, mentally, yeah. it would have been a nightmare. But All it was right. actually it was actually pretty fun. So, right. thank so we you tuned for, you up enough for that trip? Yeah, so thank you for, you know, the secret sauce oh, there. It, it totally worked. Um, on that note, I guess you kind of, you know, broke down metabolism in a way the mechanisms but zooming out in a bit more broad sense like what is metabolic energy metabolism what are the metabolic diseases that tend to um, come into play when you don't have a healthy metabolism yeah so this all comes into the fed and fasting state and fed and fasting is is really carbs more than anything because of their insulin generation 
secondarily proteins, uh, and then fats. Uh, in fact, you can eat fats and not change really this fed fasted ratio. And in the middle of this yin and yang and fed and fasted is a switch called AMPK. So now zoom back out. What does that all mean? So as we're evolving as a species, uh, we're hunter gatherers and, you know, we come upon, oh, here's a bunch of plants and all the seeds are, are blooming now. There's fruits there. We're going to gorge. We're going to eat all that stuff. And there's a lot of carbs then. And those carbs uh, create insulin. And insulin drives a meta, an anabolic switch forward. And that switch is called mTOR. M, the mammalian, M-T-O-R, the mammalian target of rapamycin. Well, it's a funny name and has nothing to do with its metabolic activity. It's because they were using this drug called rapamycin for certain cancers, and it worked really well, and they were trying to find what switch it was working on. It was working on this switch that they came to call mTOR, that when it was blocked from going forward, it pushed the body into autophagy or self-eating. And so it would eat back damaged tissue or unhealthy tissue, or wrongly generated tissue. And in this case, they were tumors. So as they looked into this switch, they found this was the switch between anabolism and catabolism. So anabolism is putting on mass, building muscle, building fat tissue, just building. And catabolism is breaking down tissue. Now, in the old days, when all we thought about was, was building muscles, we thought catabolism was wasting away. But catabolism is really pruning the tree. It's clarifying your biochemistry by cleaning up damaged goods, by mobilizing fat, by cleaning out plaques, by taking damaged mitochondria, damaged uh, organelles like the endoplasmic reticulum. That, as we said before, as they get older and damaged or uh, anything that's weakening them, they get little molecules stuck onto them that say, kill me first. So it's only during that period where mTOR can either be forward or blocked. And when it's blocked, then you go inward and you clear all this stuff up. So what drives mTOR forward is insulin and branch chain amino acids. So when we're eating a lot of carbs and protein, we are anabolic and building. So old things like, you know, you probably remember like muscle milk in the weightlifting days, you know, and it was uh, milk proteins like whey proteins and sugar. And that would build you up. Now you build up all the time. And a lot of these guys, they might be all chiseled from weightlifting, but they're going to start developing fatty liver. And, uh, and then you start having a lot of damage. You have this chronic low-grade inflammation. Uh, and if you're not all chiseled, you're going to be developing abdominal fat and stuff, and you can have chronic low-grade inflammation, what they call as in aging, inflammaging, which is mostly from nuclear factor kappa beta. There's good inflammation, like when you get sick, acute inflammation, when you get hurt acute inflammation to remodel things or kill pathogens. But that low-grade inflammation is what's leading to cardiovascular disease. It's leading to neurologic disease. It's opening up the barriers. It's opening up the GI barriers, so endotoxins coming in, which is then 
amplifying inflammation. It's opening up the blood-brain barrier and endotoxins getting into the brain, causing neuroinflammation. It's opening up the 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 liver. In fact, you know, we talk about leaky gut, leaky blood-brain barrier. There's leaky liver. There's leaky lots of things. You could talk about leaky vagina too. You know, there's lots of things that just start opening up and the compartmentalization starts going away. How we separate yin from yang in the system goes away. And these are functions of a loss of membrane and uh, tight junction formation. Because we're taking yin and yang and acutely separating them and letting them crash back together to create the power of our life. This is most noted in the mitochondria, where the membrane potential is your ability to push protons out to the outside of this membrane and have them all rush through ATP synthase and turn the motor that creates ATP. And when the membranes get weak, you can't create those gradients and let them discharge, create them and let them discharge. Those gradients, they're like, it's, it's the membranes are like capacitors with an electrical gradient across them that builds up and then sparks and discharges and drives some sort of enzymatic reaction in the membrane. So you're losing that ability to do that. You're losing this barrier function and everything's bleeding into everything. You know, in the Tao of the yin and yang of our biology, it's acutely separated white and black, interlaced, and you might think it's gray, but it's not. It's interlaced white and black. And whenever that bleeds into true gray is when we lose all our power. We start going down the tubes. And you see it as a loss of membrane function, a barrier function. And AMPK and NAD activity with the sirtuins that go with it are reestablishing all of that. Reestablishing polarity of the membranes, reestablishing the, uh, the strength of, of the tight junctions. So everything is remaining separate and you're getting that crashing together of yin and yang into power and not into diffusion. And how do we do that? How do we activate AMPK? Because that is a, a beautiful and romantic story of the biology I just, I just painted. Uh, and where do we do that? We, you do that, AMPK is activated when you carb restrict or fast or use AMPK activators. The AMPK activators are lots of different phytochemicals. In fact, almost all the good chemicals out of a plant are AMPK activators to some degree. Some are more powerful than others. So this is why a plant-based diet has so, or not a plant, what's the term that Mark, uh, Mark Hyman used for it? It's like a plant-rich diet, you know, because the plant chemicals have all these AMPK activators. They have all the fiber for driving the right microbiome. And so sometimes we miss why that's good. We think just meat bad, uh, but it's because of, of that AMPK activity. So when we keep the carbs down, the insulin goes down. When we keep the branch chain amino acids down, even if it's during intermittent fasting, there's AMPK gets activated because you use up the ATP because you're burning carbs because carbs are cheap and easy to get energy from. And then all of a sudden, and you run out of the carbs and uh, and then the ATP levels go down and ATP starts releasing phosphorus. It goes from ATP to ADP, ADP, which is, so there's adenosine triphosphate, then the adenosine diphosphate, and then AMP is adenosine monophosphate. It's lost all of its energy. And 
there's a little switch that says, oh my God, there's a buildup of AMP. We got to reach into our stores and get all this energy. So that switch is the AMP kinase. It senses the AMP and then you can supercharge it. So just the AMP alone gives you this 10X upregulation of it. But then you can hit it from these two different angles uh, with uh, nutraceuticals or, or, or pharmaceuticals. And that's what, that's, uh, what metformin does. And that's why metformin is something that's used by biohackers as well as type uh, 2 diabetics. It's able to drive that. And then the AMPK charge has some of the best compounds for doing it. That's why resveratrol is a fasting mimetic. Berberine is nature's metformin. Uh, quercetin, uh, DIM, silymarin, all these are strong AMPK activators. Uh, notice silymarin is a big liver thing. That's all activated and controlled through the liver. So when you take time to let the carbs go away and then AMPK activates, and, and exercise does this too because it uses up your free ATP. So exercising, fasting, fasting exercise, and then throwing in some AMPK activators, you get a very strong activation of AMPK, blocking of mTOR, induction of autophagy and mitophagy, and mobilization of resources, burning up of, of stored fat in your organs, tightening up of the membranes, tightening up of the tight junctions. That's why fasting is such a healing thing. And we can use our plant medicine on top of it to get more strength out of this without having to go on a four-day water fast. If you listen to this show, you're probably like me. You do your best to eat a clean, healthy, organic diet. And that's easier to do at home when you can cook your own food or go out to a trusted restaurant. But the problem I've had is when I'm on the road or stuck out and about and I need a snack, this is where I'll tend to go off the rails and eat something that's less than optimal. So our friends over at paleovalley.com have solved that problem, y'all. They make some incredible beef sticks and they are 100% grass-fed and grass-finished. You should know that many on the market claim to be grass-fed, but they're actually finished on grains, a little industry secret there. We'd like to avoid that. Why is 100% grass-fed important? Well, it's got more omega-3 fatty acids, vitamins and minerals, glutathione, and of course, bioavailable protein. Another important thing here is that Paleo Valley uses real organic spices to flavor their beef sticks versus conventional spices sprayed with pesticides, natural flavors, quote-unquote, made from GMO corn or even worse, MSG, which is super toxic. They also ferment their sticks, which creates natural occurring probiotics, which are great for your gut health and make them easy to digest. So these guys have saved my life when it comes to snacking. I keep them in my bag all the time, so I'm never stuck anywhere without some food. You can get your hands on some at paleovalley.com. That's P-A-L-E-O-V-A-L-L-E-Y, paleovalley.com. And the discount code there for you is Luke, and that saves you 15% off at paleovalley.com. Yeah, I've been toying with the idea of doing a water fast. <laughs> I yeah. used to do juice fast a lot when I would get sick uh, yeah. 20 years ago or something, you know, 10 days, 20 days. Yeah. And then I kind of stopped getting sick. So I gave up on it because <laughs> my appetite. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> my, I was like, I guess I don't have to fast. My anymore. appetite would go away and it made it easy to fast because mm -hmm. I feel like eating, you know. Um, wow, there's so much to unpack there. I think anyone. Yeah, I went pretty far there. That's okay. And then we get tied around to membranes of Bruce Lipton. Oh. That gets my attention. Yeah, I'll remember I where I wanted yeah. to pick up. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, you know, and, and I didn't even talk about membranes and intracellular and cell-to-cell -cell communication. 
So when Bruce Lipton talks, he talks about the membrane being the brains of the cell, the membrane. And so traditionally it was the nucleus was the brains of the cell because it had all the codes for all of the programs that you can run. And the programs that you can run, meaning I can have high metabolism, I can have low metabolism, I can be regenerative, I can be making clotho or a regenerative thing, or I'm not making clotho. Uh, these are all things that you unpack out of the nucleus that are programs that you can run. And there's DNA for it, so there's a coding for it, then the RNA reads it, the mRNA goes out to the ribosome, and you make some sort of protein that is really the program you're trying to run. So the program's usually proteins that you express. So we used to say, well, they're all in there and we're just expressing what we need to express. Uh, but it turns out we tell the nucleus which of the programs that we want to express. And uh, the cell membrane, like in a cell culture of individual cells, the cell membrane is reading the extracellular environment and judging what kind of resources are available to it. Is this a healthy extracellular environment? Is it an unhealthy environment? When it's healthy and there's resources, we go into, uh, we take signal, we read the outside, we transcribe signals into the cytoplasm that get carried down into the nucleus to say, which of these programs should we express now? So that means uh, from this perspective, before we get into a deeper one, that means if the cell membrane is seeing a toxic extracellular environment, the extracellular matrix and the lymphatics around it, it's going to say, no, this is a shitty environment and we're going to modulate what we can express. And at the worst level, we're going to go into a default survival mode. And some of the speculation around cancer is that is the ultimate default survival mode uh, that goes totally, you know, sideways in us. Uh, so when there's poor nutrition available in the matrix, when there's a toxic load in the available in the matrix, when the matrix is acidified and stops its ability. So the extracellular matrix, when you get metabolic acidification, you start gelling it up. It's almost like cooking a, an egg uh, white, and, and it can't move things back and forth. So all this dysfunction in the matrix, and then the cell says, well, there's not shit I can do here, and so I'm just going to go into default mode. So that's why German biomedical uh, medicine uh, like Alfred Pischinger and, and that crew, they're all PhDs that focused on the extracellular matrix as the healing way. And so there was extracellular matrix drainage. They figured out that acupuncture all works through cascading signals through the extracellular matrix. And there's this big open antenna-like array that uh, of these uh, proteins and carbohydrates in this gel matrix that are cascading signals across it. Bill Tiller even found these hyper-ordered ion channels through the, through the matrix. So at one level, the membrane's reading the matrix and putting signals down into the nucleus about what it can do. Now, that was his story 20 years ago. Now we found out that inside the cell is tons of membranes. So the, the mitochondria is just a membrane, one big outer membrane and a really folded up inner membrane that's uh, creating this potential to make ATP. Uh, the endoplasmic reticulum is vastly folded layers of membrane, uh, you know, harnessing that membrane potential to drive all these enzymatic reactions that are in, uh, in the, the membrane. In fact, all of your hormone translations from uh, from cholesterol down to pregnenolone, out to the adrenal corticosteroids, 
down to the sex hormones. They, all those transformations take place in either the mitochondrial membrane or the endoplasmic reticulum membrane. About 30% in the mitochondria, 70% in the endoplasmic reticulum. And almost all the proteins are made on the endoplasmic reticulum, just membrane. Then you got the Golgi apparatus. That's making proteins that are mostly being dumped into the extracellular matrix for the fibroblast to pick up and weave the matrix, uh, you know, weave the structure of the extracellular matrix. And then we find out not only is that all happening, they're all exchanging signals. So there's signals from the outside to the inside, from the inside to the outside to go cell to cell, and then signals exchanged between the mitochondria, the Golgi, the endoplasmic reticulum, all those transduced into the nucleus to say, what we should we do? So what were available, what programs are available to us are a function, one of the extracellular matrix health and two of the intracellular matrix health and the membrane potential, the amount of mitochondria, what are the mitochondria releasing? Are they releasing pro-inflammatory messages? Like senescence is actually coming from dead, the signal for senescence is coming from damaged mitochondria. And those signals are going out cell to cell and killing other things. And so all of this is a membrane to membrane to membrane to membrane discussion resulting in manifestation of the genes that are either regenerative or the genes that are just saying, ah, just fucking hold it here. So that's where the Bruce Lipton perspective comes in yeah. of this, the cell being like almost a replica of the universe. You know, from when you describe this, it gets so intricate and anyone listening to like fractal discussion. Yeah. It's, it's, fucking wild and i'm like i'm barely hanging i'm like hang in there luke you got this you got this uh, one thing that comes to mind though i just have to ask you this you know it's so interesting i interview so many different types of people with different uh different ways that they think and yeah. taking information i find talking to you is so fascinating because when you talk it's like i'm wanting to see a whiteboard yeah. you know what i mean like my mind's going i need to see the drawing of this in order yeah. to understand it so how how do you how do you study and how do you retain the information you learn? And, you know, obviously you're passionate about just understanding yeah. the nature of biology, right? But like, do you go and study just scientific journals after journals after journals, take it in? Uh, do you write things down? Do you have notes that you keep? Like, how do you build this model yeah. that you just laid out? Yeah, so no, it, it's a great question. Uh, I think slides are my medium for remembering things. Uh, I mean, I do write some things down. I do, you know, diagram out, not as much as I used to. I used to use pen and paper more, but now I give so many talks where I'm giving lectures, I'm sort of documenting things on slides. And because I say it so often, I'm able to uh, retain. You know, whereas I used to use, you know, written that that um, neuromotor activity is magic of, of the hands and, and is really good for memorization. But now that I'm, I'm sort of building on these dynamics, uh, it, it's a lot of it is is been retained and I'm adding layers of understanding to it. And uh, and then, you know, if you look if you look at my libraries where there it's at work, it's much more strongly science dominated. Uh, but at home, it's all mystical. It's, uh, you know, Dzogchen, Vajrayana, Buddhism, uh, non-dualistic, uh, you know, Advaita Vedanta, it's uh, mm -hmm. Kashmiri Shaivism, uh, you know, there's Taoism, a lot of that, you know, and, and there's this idea, you know, like, what are we doing when we're doing Qigong? We're, creating this resonance we're trying to create this 
this resonant strength in the system and in the epigenetics that are part of our mind frame and uh, whether we have uh, you know, resonance in our system or disresonance in our system, we'd see that these are probably ways that we strengthen uh, manifestation through uh, consciousness moving through membranes and consciousness affecting to either cohere us or discohere us. Because as I go through this, I see the breakdown of the membrane and the separation structures, the breakdown of the separation of black and white uh, into these finely interleaved uh, black and whites uh, and it breaking down into gray. And I see that in our, in our meditation practice, you know, in our, uh, in our Qigong, in our movement, you know, what do we do? We're finally creating discrimination, like on a neurochemical level, what are the problems that we have with stress? When we get way into sympathetic, we see everything as a danger. We're not having discrimination in what's a danger I have, can act on and one uh, I shouldn't act like this is mild, it's not a big deal. You know, and we start acting on everything. And then we start getting into this sympathetic stress. And now we're in fight or flight. And fight or flight is antithetic to regenerative medicine. It's putting right. all of your energy into getting away from something and nothing into repair. So in that, so the outward and the inward, you're all outward and you're all freaked out about everything. And you're not going inward and regenerating. So, you know, what do we do in the meditation? We're sitting in our inward space. Now, hopefully inward and outward are actually interfusing and our awareness is opening up. So we encompass more of the space around us while we calm down our inner space and let our neurotransmitters stop hyperreacting to everything. So I believe very strongly. And as I go on further and I get a little bit separated from having to run every everyday thing in my company, these are the things that I want to develop out uh, programs for, you know, and, and people like uh, Rudy Tanzi uh, have done some of these things with Deepak Chopra, where you put people into retreats and you look at brain function. But I want to look at, you know, membrane function and all the biochemical function and how easily we toggle back and forth between different biochemical regimens when we're given more time uh, in retreat and in these type of reset things. Well, in that part of your uh, dialogue there, it immediately brings to mind the work of Joe Dispenza, you know, having been to a couple of his retreats. I've heard that name. What does he do? Uh, Joe Dispenza is a teacher of consciousness, meditation, um, similar to, to uh, Bruce Lipton's work. Right. Uh, just does, created a model and practices around that model. Right. And in his retreats, it's really fascinating. I've been to two of them, just life-changing, just the closest thing I've ever experienced to a plant medicine, just completely, right. completely sober, sitting in yep. a room, doing breathing exercises. Yep guided meditations. And one of the things that he does is very interesting is he has a whole team of scientists in the back of the room, at least pre-COVID. I don't know if he's doing this yeah, now, yeah. but over the past 20 years or so, he's had all these scientists quantifying brain waves, HRV, blood work, et cetera. Right. And during the exercises, he, over the years, keeps reiterating on the model and on the practices because right. he sees the quantification of, oh my God, That's great. this person just went into you know, 200 standard or no, 400 standard deviations uh, above normal high gamma. I mean, people oh, yeah. are having like supernatural experiences just sitting in a chair doing yeah. stuff. 
you know? Perfect. Another thing that's interesting about that, and it speaks to, you know, your kind of inner and outer landscape here in terms of how consciousness affects his bi- affects biology, is he has people practicing his work in the retreats and at home in their lives that are reversing irreversible diseases. Perfect. You know, the things where tumors are disappearing. I mean, crazy shit that's totally unexplainable from the, you know, rigid Western paradigm of what we can see is real and what we can't is not. Yeah. And so then I I think a lot of these switches have this ability to, to flip with just the resonant space that you're on. And that's, you know, I think when we're really in a good, healthy flow state, we don't have to intervene so much. You know, it, it you know, you, it, these things just happen more naturally when our, when our psyche is more, that's why I think people are going to get, you're going to see people really sick over the next couple of years from this massive stress out of the last two years, that those, those switches aren't going on and off. We're not going in the right states. And so, you know, and then I see, you know, big blending between taking the right, uh, nutraceuticals and the right practices to really hone and really get at the highest levels of our uh, healing and regenerative work. I've been into making superfood and super herb smoothies and elixirs for many, many years. And one thing that's always been a bit problematic about it was sourcing the individual ingredients and making sure that they're of the highest quality and then putting them together in one drink that doesn't taste disgusting. It's been a lot of years that I've been working on this, and I don't think I've perfected it. So I was extremely ecstatic when I connected with this brand called Earth Echo Foods and a product they make called Cacao Bliss. Because what they've done is taken some of my favorite superfoods and put it in a pre-made powder that I can simply mix or add into any other drink. So in this powder, we, of course, have raw cacao that supports your body's natural ability to regulate blood sugar, also keeps you satiated and reduces the number of carbohydrates you absorb. Turmeric, which we know fights inflammation related to physical exercise, improves digestion, provides pain relief, dissolves stubborn fat, and even soothes anxiety and stress. Then black pepper to maximize your results by increasing the bioavailability of the turmeric by up to 2,000%. Now we've got MCT powder to help you feel satiated longer with those healthy fats making it easier for your body to release stubborn fat deposits, cinnamon to further improve your body's ability to digest glucose and reduce your desire for sugary sweets, which I have a lot of. Then we've got monk fruit, which satisfies your sweet tooth as well as sugar with zero calories and no ill effect on your blood sugar. Coconut nectar that acts as a prebiotic and feeds the healthy gut bacteria in your lower intestine. Then we've got lacuma, which adds a delicious caramel-like flavor and also adds a wound healing property to the drink. Then they've included some mesquite, a sweet and nutty superfood that doesn't cause blood sugar spikes and helps to boost your immune system. And finally, last but not least, some Himalayan salt, which adds to the flavor profile and also contains over 84 minerals and trace elements while helping to balance your pH levels. So this drink is incredible. It's really good for you. It tastes delicious. It's like candy without the candy. If you're ready to check it out, which I hope you are, here's what you do. Go to earthechofoods.com slash lukestory. That's E-A-R-T-H-E-C-H-O-F-O-O-D-S. earthechofoods.com slash lukestory. The code there for your Cacao Bliss is Luke15, and that saves you 15% off. So you're looking for Cacao Bliss at earthechofoods.com slash Luke's story. 
Well, I think that's what's interesting about your work and perspective is you seem to be rooted in the Eastern medicine, medicine right? Yeah. You, know, you put Chinese herbs in your formula, yep. but obviously you're deeply scientific and you're a researcher. Yeah. So I think that's the way forward for us. It seems to make the most sense where you're you're taking into account the whole entity of a person from the consciousness perspective and the biological perspective. And, yeah, and finding always, the value in, in both because I'm sure there's a lot of people that take great supplements, exercise, have a clean diet, but haven't sorted out their emotional stuff yeah. and are going to show uh, negative labs. Yeah. Right. And then there's probably people out there that are eating like a suboptimal diet, taking no supplements, but are meditating like a beast and yeah. their heart's full of love and they're open and have great relationships yeah. and human connection and are doing great. Yeah. And that's, you know, to really bring those two together because I see, you know, amongst the, uh, you know, the heavy meditators uh, that, that I'm around, they need a little, they need a little boost. You know, they need some of the, the biochemical stuff. And then the biochemical people totally need a bunch of meditation. <laughs> they need to sort this stuff out. A lot of biohackers are guilty of that. It's just like, ah, I'm going to biohack my way to health. And they're fucking jonesing about <laughs> their yeah. fight or flight over whether they're doing enough. Yeah. You know, so, so that's an issue on both sides. It's an issue. But one of the, one of the funnest things is, uh, you know, being rooted in a lot, a lot of the Chinese and Ayurvedic stuff. And they would group these things together and call them this kind of formula. And now that we're getting all this data out of primary research on di what different plant chemicals do, it's like, now I'm starting to make formulas. Yeah, now I've got some of the traditional tonic medicines, but I'm putting those together with something like resveratrol and bear brain because I want to hit certain switches and isolating which of these different specific compounds in astragalus say is doing this. So we're able to really fine tune and know, all right, I'm going over after this switch and I want to make this energy, but I want uh, adrenal help and I can bring in a bunch of ginseng. And now I know that ginseng hits these switches and I can bring in uh, curcumin or resveratrol because I know it hits those switches too. And I can really design great formulas that uh, have a strong biochemical footing. But again, you know, I got a list of 50 things or a hundred things that can be AMPK activators, but I know from grounding in Chinese and Ayurvedic medicine, which energies I'm trying to bring forward. So I know which of the plants uh, can do the biochemical thing, but then there's some stuff that we haven't quantified yet, but I know that they'll do that. You know, so I yeah. can bring in, you know, adrenal support on top of metabolic support. Uh, and and I, I think we're really going to see a lot of effects out of that. When it comes to the mitochondria and the production of ATP, uh, I interviewed Robert Slovak recently and uh, a couple years prior, uh, Tyler LeBaron, um, about two things, about molecular hydrogen and also deuterium. Deuterium right. uh, seems to be plenty of research out there to indicate that having all this heavy hydrogen molecule in your mitochondria gums up the nanomotors yeah. and makes it more metabolically expensive, I guess you could say, yeah. to produce ATP. Do you subscribe to depleting your deuterium with the water and stuff? I mean, do you uh, think it's a I, I've entered a very expensive subscription into the depletion <laughs> of my deuterium. Okay. And uh, so Robert's actually housed his light water uh, world uh, somewhat at our at our uh, lab and office. Oh, okay. So 
the deuterium salivary deuterium measurements are done at Quicksilver Scientific. Oh, funny! I didn't and know that. Uh, most of the the light water is stored in Wyoming and shipped out, of, or in Reno and shipped out of Reno. But the testing's all done uh, at, at our office, and so I get to test my salivary deuterium and watch it come down as I drink all this very expensive water. Yeah. Uh, but it's the data around is mostly coming out of Russia and Eastern Europe and it's freaking stellar data and they got all this work on cancer and you know as a you know cancer is a metabolic disease and so if you're trying to make your mitochondria more efficient you're pr- trying to get into these more autophagic and uh, highly efficient uh, metabolic states deuterium yeah do the deuterium molecules will get into the ATP synthase motor and kill the motor, and they'll just block it. And it they gum up a lot of reactions and slow down a lot of reactions. In fact, deuterium is used in medicine to slow some things down so you can uh, label it or quantify it more. Uh, it's actually a way to kill you too. Uh, you can poison your whole. You can poison somebody by giving them deuterium until you slow everything down. So it was known in medicine to use, uh, and you know, in biochemistry, as ways to just gum up different reactions with deuterium. Uh, and some they just slow down the reactions, but with ATP synthase, it actually destroys the motor. You got to chuck it and make a new one. It's a very precise intricate motor costs a lot of energy to make that so you're spending a lot of energy to keep up with the same atp production because reactions are slowed down and because atp synthase gets fouled by that and you have to keep making new ones got it yeah it's funny what we were talking about before we recorded that i'm doing so many things all the time sometimes it's yeah. difficult to quantify what's doing what i like yeah. when i did the 30-day reset i mean that was a a big intervention because I was committed and I was doing yeah. it every day for a period of time. So I was like, wow, I feel amazing. But, um, you know, with the deuterium depleted water and some of these things, it's slow. it is, yeah. but it's difficult to quantify. But at the same yeah. time, when I did the testing after two months, a two month cycle on that yeah. deuterium depleted water, my levels came way down yeah. uh, to the point where I, I guess my body would have the ability to deplete it itself. Um, yeah. I don't know that, they talk about all this metabolic water and then you can uh, keep your levels low. I, uh, I, I haven't, I haven't digested all of that yet because it's not, you know, we tested everybody around our lab and you have these serious, you know, we're in Boulder County, you got all these triathletes and stuff. None of them were any lower than your average person. Right. Uh, everybody was pretty much a function of the water they drank. And ironically, the tap water in and around Boulder, because it's all mountain uh, stuff. The the mountain, this is a distillation process. If you're in LA, you have high deuterium water, and as you go into the mountains, your the heavy water uh, falls out faster. In fact, right. that's how they make low deuterium water. These massive seventy five foot distillation columns. So as you get into the Rockies, you've dropped out a lot of the heavy water. And so we had pretty low deuterium water. It was like 138 to 140 yeah. around there. And <laughs> yeah, so the people who drank only bottled water had higher deuterium than the tap water drinkers. That's so funny. really wanted uh, tap water and like an RO uh, system. Right. And those people are all starting around 140 and then depleting from there. That's, I was, yeah, I was drinking for years uh, my own spring water that I'd get from Big Bear, you know, 8,000 feet. And then yeah, a company that's, called- Yeah, that's lower. A company called uh, Alive Spring Water got this uh, high altitude um, uh, water from Oregon and brought it down. Yeah. So I was drinking that forever. And then I had it tested and it was 139. Yeah, that's great. And then when I tested, before I did the depletion, I was at around like 145. 
uh, which was lower than some people. And I thought it must have had to do with being on spring water for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's bringing you down from 150 that you would. Right. But here in Austin, there's limestone everywhere. So the springs here suck. They have like really high minerals, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of, it's kind of swag. I haven't figured out the water right now. You know, I got the, um, the AquaTrue RO system. Yeah. So that'll take the swag. You know, you can measure the deuterium of the water. Well, just take your AquaTrue water and, and have that measured. And see what that is. Because yeah. the aqua is nice because that's just going to take the shit out of the water, but it's not going to change any of the deuterium levels. That's yeah. a, a function of the base water that you're working with. Yeah. So it's a question of where that limestone water comes from. Uh, yeah. You know, is it uh, blown off the gulf and rained down here in the aquifer? Then it's going to be really high. Does it drain down from the Rockies and the Rockies have, you know, minimized the deuterium? Then it'll be low. Right. Cool stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to keep doing it. I'm on the subscription for yeah. Lightwater too. Yeah. And- what, what's your latest number? Uh, I haven't tested. You know, I, yeah. I actually am I'm bummed because I it was about two years ago when I did the first round and then I just, you know, didn't want to spend I, the money. If I had been thinking about it, I would have brought the little salivary thing. I'll so get one. because I- Me and Tracy Dews did that, you know, on a, on a podcast oh, you did? when oh, we were cool. doing there. Yeah, I'm about uh, a, mu- yeah, I'm on a, mon- a month in. So I could test now and then just keep. I've, I think I'm just going to keep going. I mean, as long I'll as, just keep going. As long as well, I what to... you do is you do it intensively, like you try to only drink that for a while, and that depletes you. Right. And then to keep yourself going, it's like you know two sixteen ounce glasses a day. You don't have to right. drink just that. Cool. Yeah, it does get expensive. Yes, it does. Uh, but you know, when it comes to health, what else are we going to spend it on? What <laughs> What areas of health and wellness have you seen? Um, spike in terms of Quicksilver's product sales or just what you're seeing trends with all of the COVID madness going on? Yeah, well, obviously immune stuff. And so we fast forwarded a bunch of immune products. We made our immune charge, which uh, was uh, liposomal C and elderberry with nanoparticles of high doses of DA and some balancing doses of K and tocotrienol. And that was meant to like really quickly boost your immune system. And if you're doing these shots of it, we have these 12 mil shots of immune charge. And then you can get the 100 mil bottle and just do a teaspoon a day. So that we put out right away. And then we got into these, uh, these uh, high-end zinc complexes called zinc ionophores. Uh, a zinc ionophores, these are uh, phytochemicals that complex the zinc, and that complex is uh, lipid-soluble, meaning it can passively move through the cell membrane and increase intracellular zinc. Now, normally... Like have, uh, hydroxychloroquine, Yeah, right? so that was where that all came from, is hydroxychloroquine. You see like that Jewish doctor, that, that funny guy out in New York who claimed 98% reversal of... of uh, of COVID, he was using hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, and zinc. And you had to take the zinc with it, 200 milligrams of zinc sulfate every time you're taking this other th- stuff. And eventually he said, the people said, why is zinc? Oh, it's zinc ionophore. Uh, hydroxychloroquine zinc complexes go right into the cell. And intracellular zinc is crucial for the antiviral activity of the cell. Uh, it's natural immunological activity. There is some evidence that the virus is blocking zinc transporters. That, you know, there seems to be like what is a symptom of zinc deficiency, acute zinc deficiency? Loss of smell and taste. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Wow. And so they may be blocking those transporters. And so the zinc uptake is really low. And that's part of why uh, the virus is hard to dodge. 
and are hard to get rid of and why you lose uh, that smell and taste. And so we made, uh, we used nutraceutical compounds. We used, uh, what do we use? Uh, luteolin and quercetin and hesperitin to make complexes. We pre-made the complexes and then evaporated those, evaporated them down into this lipid uh, matrix that went into a soft gel and it breaks open in the stomach and pre and spontaneously forms these nanoparticles and then you get those uh, absorbed into the blood so you have these uh, complexes delivered into the blood and then they can get into the cell so normally when you're taking zinc you first uh, the plasma levels of zinc go high and it takes about nine to ten days to get the blood levels of zinc up that's because Basically, the new red blood cells have to be born under high zinc levels, and then and then your blood, your whole blood zinc goes up. So what we found when we did a little bit of testing with that is you were instantly able to get red and white blood, uh, right, white blood cell zinc levels higher using uh, using these ionophores. Now some people just did the cheap route and they just packed quercetin and zinc, and, and some used curcumin with zinc salts in a capsule and just hope that somehow this is all going to be formed in the stomach. But to really make that work, you got to pre-make stuff, then load it into the nanoparticles. And we saw the difference between those kind of products and uh, and this accurately made ionophore in the nanoparticle. Uh, and they weren't able to instantly affect uh, zinc levels in the cells. And then we also made that in a spray, so you can uh, a throat spray, so you can just coat your throat with it, and that'll help with your immune system in that crucial barrier area. Actually, there's all this sensing of the immune system that goes on in the back of the throat. In fact, uh, there was a guy, I think this is available, I'm not sure if it is, he was making low-dose interferon, and you'd spray it, he would call it homeopathic, and you'd spray it uh, in the back of your throat. And he was an old physiology guy from the vet medicine world, and uh, what they knew there is you produce, when you're under an immune threat, you produce interferon in your nose from sensing in your nose from the, the microbes coming in. You produce interferon, it goes down the back of your throat. That's part of the like light post-nasal drip. And the interferon activates sensors in the throat and turns on your whole immune system. Really? Yeah. Trippy. Yeah, God, yeah. the body is so freaking weird and brilliant. It, yeah. So given the immune system, that extra zinc in the back of the throat is, yeah. is really wild. And uh, we didn't know how, you know, amazing it was going to work, but people just flood in. Like, oh, I mean, I've seen it myself. You know, I came back from Miami, first show out, I had a ripping sore throat. And it just pop, 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 boop, gone. Wow. Uh, you know, my, my son uh, got COVID out of college and he had a ripping sore throat and a headache and pop, 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 pop. You know, day, the throat's gone. <laughs> you know, wow. I got I to gotta go to the COVID dorm still, but uh, all the symptoms are gone. Wow. Yeah, he did, did that in the immune charge and it was just done. Wow. Epic, man. What are some other things? Uh, I know right now people are, you know, definitely concerned about yeah. immune system. So it's not just immune health, it's metabolic health. Who are the people that get sick from COVID? They are the people who have bad metabolic health. So, so it's diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease. Those... Uh, those people that, you know, they talk about that ACE2 receptor that the virus goes in through. So they all have compromised ACE2 systems. So there's ACE and ACE2. ACE drives up blood pressure. ACE2 drives it down. Uh, and it's the ACE2 part that's damaged with these people that have metabolic problems. And, uh, and the 
it's already on the edge, that whole system that controls blood pressure. And then when the viruses go through those weakened, they go through those uh, trans or those sensing uh, molecules there and they damage them even further and they go even further down the tubes. And then this inflammation runs away. So metabolic health is a key part of having immune health. And so there's all these overlaps here. And so having a good metabolism is going to make you one, even if you get the virus, it's not going to get in so deep to you and cause so much inflammatory problem. Uh, a lot of that's because you have better inflammatory t- control. And two, part of that metabolic problem is around AMPK. In fact, all of it's around AMPK. And your failure to be able to induce autophagy very easily because the deepest levels of immune health involve xenophagy. Xeno is something foreign. So that's why uh, xenophobia is is fear of foreigners. So xenophagy is eating things that got into your system. So that's taking a virus, a bacteria, a parasite, putting it into an autophagosome. Same thing that we're going to digest a bad mitochondria, we're going to digest this virus. We're going to take it apart, then we're going to make antibodies against these little parts that we've taken out, and then we're going to secrete those into circulation. And that's the, the first wave is an innate immune, the second is the acquired immune. That's when you're going to decimate this and get this virus under control. And it requires that you have good autophagic uh, mechanisms, meaning you can go from fed to fasted, fed to fasted on a dime. That means you've got a strong metabolism. So that means people who intermittent fast are going to be better at handling the virus and clearing the virus. If you're taking AMPK activators, that's going to pop you back and forth. All these things around that metabolic switch are things around your immunological defenses. So one is that autophagy, two is ATP production and NAD production. The immune cells that are going around and killing things, they're using a ton of energy to generate all these pro-oxidants that are killing things to be able to go and engulf things and kill them. They need energy. And that's you know one of the papers I like is NAD, the hub of the immune system, because NAD is driving the ability to create energy to do these things in the immune system. So metabolic health is all of those things. It's that going back and forth on your amp between the metabolic, the fed and fasted, activating autophagy, having uh, having ATP generation and being able to mount an attack. So yeah, acutely we need these things, these these vitamins and herbs that turn up our immune system. But long term, we need the depths of the immune strength to be this metabolic strength. So I think the next big wave, and that's why the 30-day reset, that's really an immunological reset. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so the next wave of it for long-term health is going to be metabolic health. It's no secret that 2020 was a challenging year for so many people. So this year in 2021, I'm focusing even more on my personal wellness routine and my overall mental and physical health. And one of the non-negotiables in my life is getting my daily dose of healthy light. So for years now, I've been using the Juve red light therapy devices. In fact, at the time of this recording, I'm currently in Miami and don't have access to my Juve red light therapy, and uh, I miss it terribly. It's one of the things I'm really looking forward to in getting back home. Now, I have been getting some red light from the sun at dawn every morning, but uh, I'm missing out on that super-powered Juve action I get back home. 
So you probably heard me talk about Juve before. It's spelled J-O-O-V-V. And I use this thing just about every day when I'm home. And it has had an incredible impact on my health. So it's really great for your skin, uh, performance and recovery, sleep optimization, hormone optimization. It's pretty incredible. It's essentially... Uh, an element of nature, this certain spectrum of light that is harnessed through technology so you can use it anytime and also amplify it in ways that would not be present in nature. So as with everything when it comes to biohacking, I'm always looking to what are the first principles or laws in nature that I'm going to utilize to increase my health, vitality, and longevity. And uh, Juve would certainly be no exception to that principle. Now, Juve's new devices are sleeker and lighter with all the same power you'd come to expect. So the new Juve units have some really cool features like Recovery Plus mode, which uses pulse near-infrared light technology to give your cells an extra healing boost that optimizes the recovery process. They've also got a new feature called Ambient mode, which uses lower-intensity light to support your sleep and circadian rhythms and to help counteract all of the artificial blue light that keeps you up at night that might be present in your home. So the ambient mode is something you could just kind of put on in the corner and it's going to nullify any little peaks of blue light in your life, which is very cool. So that's my take on Juve, but don't take my word for it. Uh, Go check it out for yourself. If you're looking for a new Juve, I've got some great news for you. If you go to juve.com slash Luke, again, that's J-O-O-V-V dot com slash Luke and use the code Luke, you're going to get an exclusive discount on Juve's generation 3.0 devices. So go to juve.com slash Luke. Yeah, I never thought, of, I mean, I guess I think about if you have low energy in general, that's when you tend to get sick, right? If you're sleep deprived, et right. cetera. So that's the metabolic side of it. Then. That's the metabolic side of the weakness of your immune system. Uh, when it comes to NAD, now you guys use precursors to yeah. NAD and then, you know, people like me will go get an NAD IV or I right. just found this amazing guy. You guys would get along great. Uh, Dr. John Lawrence out of Sarasota, Florida. He's got a company called MitoZen and he formulates all of these different suppositories. Not a sexy topic, yeah. But uh, the the thought there is, you know, they're uh, formulated. I'm more of an oral guy, <laughs> more of an oral guy than an anal guy. So he's doing these high dose glutathione and yeah. NAD and a yeah. bunch of reversetrol and yeah, all, yeah. all the things uh, in a suppository with the idea that you're getting this slow release and you don't have to yeah. deal with the GI tract and stuff yeah. like that. Um, when it comes to exogenous NAD, is there any risk of slowing down your own body's innate ability to produce it like you know something like like different hormones that people take and you're mm -hmm. kind of signaling to your body going yeah you don't have to make that anymore yeah you make test you take super physiological amounts of testosterone more than your testicles are making at the time it shuts down your testicular function you stop making luteinizing hormone follicle stimulating hormone you stop making sperm even though you make semen uh, so there are these examples of that. We, we don't think that that's happening with NAD, at least in the precursor field, but it is something that I want to look into very specifically. We're just starting to have the NAD analysis available. There's a place called Genfinity in Georgia that's doing it. I'm starting, we're, we're actually using, we're doing a 50-day study right now using a three-month intervention intervention. Uh, along very similar to the metabolic reset, but dragged out in a third three months where the first month's more detox, the second one is more metabolic, the third is more purely mitochondrial. And we're looking at epigenetic 
uh, age before and after and different parts of the epigenetics of your metabolism and these biomarkers, including Clotho uh, and BK, mTOR and NAD. So as the NAD, and, and that's basic NAD analysis, we're also, there's people like Jim McClellan, James McClellan, and at our lab where we're trying to look more into using uh, mass spec for the whole NAD metabolome so we can look in and see how are we monkeying with that? Because the, the, the key thing that gets blown out is this enzyme that takes nicotinamide up into NMN, and that gets blocked uh, by inflammation. It's called NAMPT. And so we're trying to circumvent that by putting in NMN, nicotinamide mononucleotide, or NR, nicotinamide riboside, and that being enzymatically converted into NAD. And that enzyme that does that doesn't seem to get blocked so much. But we do that, or you go and you do IVs of NAD, but there's some questions around that because there's no transporter to bring NAD into the cell. There's transporters to bring NMN and NR in. Used to be they said NR is the only one with the transporter, but NMN has one too. But NAD doesn't have that, and there actually might be uh, a bit of a cell danger response aspect of having all this NAD flood into your system because it would say that you just broke up in a bunch of cells and released all this NAD. So some people worry about that. The early NAD, then there's balancing with methylation. So early NAD, uh, it, you know, you go and you take a couple grams of NAD and, you know, two buddies would go in and see which one can remain standing after <laughs> <laughs> it just made you feel like absolute hell and you'd like shit and pit your, piss yourself like, oh my God, take it out. I got to go to the bathroom. And everybody, of course, you know, what does everybody say when you feel like shit? Oh, you must be detoxing, you know? And right. uh, yeah, on one hand, detox is limited by how much ATP you can drive. So if you're driving NAD, you're driving ATP, all of a sudden you can get rid of all kinds of stuff you didn't get rid of before. But a lot of the negative effects were imbalanced with methylation. So the way it works, NAD goes and activates sirtuins. It activates PARPs for gene repair. It activates CD38 for tight junction repair. Great. Now, it's got all this energy built into it, and it releases these high-energy phosphate bonds, and you're left with nicotinamide. That's one of your forms of B3. So all this is B3 cycling, right? So there's niacin and nicotinamide. So nicotinamide is the breakdown product of NAD, but nicotinamide, when it pools up, inhibits the sirtuins and the PARPs and the CD38s. So then you have to move the nicotinamide either back up to NAM or NMN and then to NAD, or you got to methylate it, move it out of the system. So if you're jacking a lot of precursors or NAD in the system, you're going to build up a lot of uh, NAM and it's going to block your progress. So you're going to use methyl donors to pee it out. You make methyl nicotinamide. And your donor there is SAMe. So SAMe is your, you know, a big methyl donor. It's a big part of you know having enough methyl groups. A big part of genetic health and neurological health. And when you methylate the the nicotinamide, you're left with homocysteine. First SAH, S-adenosyl homocysteine, then homocysteine. And so you start building up homocysteine. Homocysteine is a cardiovascular problem. It's a risk to uh, neurological health because you don't have enough methyl donors. And so when you're just jacking in NAD, you actually create a methylation deficit. Oh, interesting. So that creates all these problems. So people would start 
taking NR, they start doing uh, NAD IVs and they feel freaking amazing and soon they crash. And then you're low methylation, then you start having histamine issues, you start having, uh, you know, uh, allergic reactivity and depression. <laughs> and so you need to balance NAD boosting with methylation. And Got so it. you have to regenerate SAMe, and that involves the methionine cycle and the folate cycle. And so you need trimethylglycine, you need B2, you need uh, methyl B12, and uh, maybe a little B6, B9. And so now people know that. Now they're balancing those two. Uh, the easiest way is trimethylglycine or betaine. And so that's in our products. We like to balance all those things. Uh, so when when that's all done right, it's uh, it's fantastic. So the way I've gone is to use NMN, liposomal NMN and liposomal methylation, uh, promethylation vitamins, and then some sirtuin activators, either when I'm taking the one or AMPK charge or in the NAD platinum. Uh, there's there's some of that. So what we need to do then, back to your question, is we have to measure the whole metabolome and see which of these interventions is it bringing it all up and which is it breaking down. And there was there's a great paper that uh, I love to lecture from about methylation and ID together that was uh, a part biochemistry, part anthropology, looking at different civilizations that had different balances between NAD building and methylation. And they were talking about neurodegeneration from either having more methylation than NAD or more NAD than methylation. So more NAD than methylation, methylation deficits, uh, pellagra, uh, no, more NAD than methylation is a certain type of Parkinson's disease that you get oh, uh, shit. from low methylation. Wow. And low methylation with high NAD. With high NAD. Wow. Yeah. And then high methylation, low NAD is a pellagra type. That's B3 deficit. That's uh, a different type of Parkinson's. Uh, and so <laughs> they both they both show the same problem with damage to the mitochondria of the dopaminergic neurons, but they come at it from from different uh, from different excess versus deficiency. Interesting. So from your perspective then, out of that, I'm gathering that you think combining the methylation and the precursors to NAD, yeah. safer, long, more safe safer long term. And you can go in for, for IVs and just boost the whole thing. Right. Uh, but maybe but something yeah. that you want to pulse and yeah. you know not do all not the time. Not too, too often and maybe go in with taking extra trimethylglycine or our methyl charge before you go in for the IV so it didn't doesn't hit so hard. I interviewed Matt Cook. Uh, have you ever interviewed Matt? I'm I'm about to. I was going to, and then the travel got restricted, and I left yeah. California. But I think I'm going to go out in July. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, I yeah. went out there, and I because uh, I was out there for some biohacker congress, and so I went down and interviewed, and then went to his house and stuff. And and he talked about it all. He said, "Oh yeah, in the beginning we were just doing these multigram IVs and wasting <laughs> people out. Now we might do a hundred, two hundred milligrams and right. load them up with trimethylglycine before that, so he knows to balance oh, so he's all hip those to that, huh? He's hip to the whole oh, thing. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, he seems like a bright guy. Oh, he's a very bright yeah, guy. Yeah. He's a wonderful, edge. big heart. You know, he really yeah. just wants to help. But he's doing all the cutting edge stuff. Um, what was I going to ask you about? Okay, so the NAD. Oh, there was a couple other things around that. Let me see. Um. Oh, going back to the the immune function. So we talked about uh, metabolic health, not just trying to boost the immune system in the classical sense, but having the metabolic energy to support the immune system. 
break down how the gut is critical to the immune system. Because mm. I think that's something that a lot of people miss. They're, you know, they got leaky gut, they have dysbiosis, mm-hmm. and they're more susceptible due to that, might not even be aware that that's so uh, critical. So here it's kind of, there's so many levels at the at which the gut's doing this, but they say like 70% of your immune system's in the gut. So the gut, you're reaching into the food that's coming through the gut and you're sort of tasting it all and seeing what you have to alarm to what, what you don't. So this sort of normalcy of response of the immune system, that discrimination of friend or foe, what to react to, what what not to, is anchored in the in the GI tract. And then there's all this, you know, when we talk about leaky gut, what's happening there is the tight junctions between each cell in the intestine. So cell, 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 they're very tight and they have, uh, the dendritic cells have these parts of their immune system that reach out and taste everything. And then they're, they're deciding, you know, wh- where we're at. Now, what we don't want is to break open those junctions, then what's called endotoxin, which are little pieces and parts of bacteria, start getting into circulation. And they're pro-inflammagens, they're winding up inflammation. So then your immune system is on, you know, talk about fight or flight, you've got your immune system in fight or flight thinking that there's a septic infection. So it's winding up inflammation through the whole body that's causing all kinds of damage to the body. It's lowering detoxification. It's lowering free radical control. Because when you turn up inflammation, carry on. Carry yeah, on. When you turn up inflammation, you turn down antioxidant activity because inflammation is a pro-oxidant endeavor where you're you're making peroxides and hypochlorous acid, acid and stuff. And, uh, and you're throwing this all at these microbes. So your body goes into a pro-oxidant thing and it's all freaking wound up and it's sort of sounding the alarm at everything. And then it may miss the specific things that are happening like this viral infiltration, like chronic Lyme, like chronic biofilm infections. And it's just lost in just sort of pouring free radicals all over the place. So having that barrier integrity between the cells is going to keep your immune system on task. Now, we talk about, uh, we talk about uh, the microbiome as if it's controlling everything in our body and it's in c- controlling inflammatory states and stuff. And it is controlling, but it's a bi-directional thing. We also control our microbiome. And the stronger our immune system is and uh, the better those barriers are, the more we can control the microbiome. So the breakdown of the barrier, whether it's from bad microbes or bad pro-inflammatory allergenic food or not being in enough fasting state, not enough AMPK, that's where that whole barrier breaks down. Remember, again, that separation of inner and outer breaks down. And all this chaos starts ensuing uh, in the body on a number of different levels, but very strongly immunologically. And so one of the beauties, you know, once you start getting the people who get super reactive to food, they get super reactive to every single thing that they take. Now, MPK activity and sirtuins and NAD are going to minimize that hyperactivity and glutathione will do that. But often they're in such a state that you can't give them anything that they won't react to. And the only choice then is water fasting. 
Really? Because in the AMPK activation, part of it is the tight junctions. The other part is controlling the immunogenicity or the immunoreactivity to foods, this tendency to wind up inflammation. Oh my God, that's, remember, deciding what's good, what's bad. All of a sudden, everything's bad. Everything's bad. You know, that's a fight or flight, right? So the, the guts, ah, everything's bad, everything's bad. The only way to control that is good AMPK uh, activation. But if you're, everything's bad to the food and the, the medicines that do that, then the only choice you have is to fast. Wow, interesting. I never heard that. So if someone's experiencing leaky gut, dysbiosis, all of this, yeah. water fasting, you think would be the, the fastest and, no pun intended, heavy hitting first step. Fastest to, flip. Wow, that's yeah. cool. Whereas long-term, definitely uh, intermittent fasting, AMPK activators, stuff to soothe, you know, all the... Uh, you know, licorice root, marshmallow root, slippery elm, ginger, uh, the AMPK activators, all that stuff, the, you know, the probiotics, all that stuff long-term. But the the strongest intervention is nothing. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. What a gift for someone listening because a yeah. lot of people have issues with that. With the leaky gut, what about uh, glyphosate that's so prevalent in the food Yeah, supply? yeah. So glyph- <laughs> glyphosate breaks down uh, tight junctions, uh, according to the work that was done by uh, Zach Bush. And, Zach, uh, and glyphosate is also a neuroinflammagen. So it activates neuroinflammation. And that flips you into uh, sympathetic or fight or flight. And that's going to continue the spiral of degeneration in the system. So glyphosate is, is, uh, a, real, is a real issue. I don't know at what level it's burning everything up. Is it right. high concentrations? Because there's a background in everything right now. Uh, it's all over the freaking place. Yeah, uh, Zach, Organic or not. When I interviewed Zach, he told me something so disturbing. And he said that... Uh, one of the prevalent uh, practices in growing wheat is that when they want to harvest the wheat at its peak, yeah, they'll spray it with glyphosate to dry it out, or something it, to that effect. It, like not just to use it as the herbicide or pesticide or whatever that it is, oh. but to actually they spray extra on it to actually kind of cure the wheat oh, uh, when they cut it. Yeah, no, I know they were doing that to like kill all the weeds before they cut it so it's like a nice clean thing maybe that's what it maybe that's what it was it was yeah just get rid so it's easier to separate the wheat from all the other maybe stuff that's what it was there. it was just like at the time of harvest he said they they'll do a huge dump yeah so that pretty much any wheat product you use that's not legit organic is going to be loaded with it he it's, he claimed that as one of the main offenders yeah so needless to say anytime Allison, because she she likes gluten, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I like it too. My yeah. body just doesn't so much, but anytime she eat, eating bread, I'm like, Luke, don't be a control freak. Shut up. Don't say anything. You know. Yeah. Because it's I, I, you know, you hear things like that and you can't get it out of your yeah. head. And you know, coming from someone who's done the research, not just like a meme that got spread around the internet, um, you know, it makes it a little more meaningful. On that note, I want to get into uh, to detox, and one of the questions I want to ask you. Um, well, I know you guys do a lot of testing in your lab. I've done your tri-metals yeah. test, yeah. Uh, you know, which was shocking at the time because uh, I found a lot of metals. Got rid of them, though, doing all your yeah. stuff. Uh, is there a test that um, is definitive for glyphosate levels, A, and B, if someone found that they've been you know, laden with mm-hmm. glyphosate, is it the same detox process yeah. that you would use for everything? Yeah. Uh, I think it's Great Plains Lab. 
they've got an Envirotox panel and they have a glyphosate panel. I would think Doctor's Data would have one by now, but definitely Great Plains has that. And I've heard a lot of people saying, oh, yeah, my glyphosate levels are high. And then I did this, your detox and, and it went down. So the core of our detox is this push catch. You know, it's this liver sauce that is AMPK blocker, NRF2 activator and bioflow uh, generator. So the toxins leave your liver with bile. And so if you're cholestatic, meaning you have impaired bioflow, uh, you're going to have impaired toxin flow. And so over the years of developing our detox programs, we found that we have to synchronize all of the cellular detoxification reactions with bioflow. And so that's what the liver sauce does. Uh, and that's why we have a lot of different bitters, formulas and stuff. So liver sauce synchronizes those two, dumps uh, the toxins with the bile. It's absorbed so fast. It does that. And a half hour later, you take the binder, which is a mix of different binders. It's charcoal and zeolite, uh, kytosan, IMDR metal binder, and uh, and some some gums for the GI lining. So that's the basic thing. And then if yeah. we're going after metals, we'll add in glutathione, maybe EDTA. If we're going after mold, we might in, uh, add in... Uh, uh, it would definitely put in some more glutathione with that. We can modulate that. If there's a lot of anxiety and neuroinflammation, we'll add CBD in with it. Uh, if we want membranes, we'll add more PC. So, but that base system of push catch, that is activating a whole family of detox genes. It's not specific to metals. And so it moves everything out oh, okay. of the system. Right. Uh, and so, you know, if you want a pretty broad spectrum thing, you do push catch with, uh, with PC and glutathione. And you really get most of everything. And PC is phosphatidylcholine. That's building the membranes. And what do we talk about? You know, the membranes and the strength of the membranes. And the in the liver, the liver membranes are always donating PC into the bioflow. So they're always losing PC. So feeding PC in is helping the liver really move uh, a lot of toxins out and keep itself strong. It's building the mitochondria and all those membranes and getting that power into the system. And we just started a new PC product called Membrane Mend that is sunflower phosphatidylcholine. And all of our phosphatidylcholine, it's just people who sell PC that they're just selling lecithin. Uh, but lecithin that comes from seed pressing has about 15% phosphatidylcholine, we get 90 plus percent phosphatidylcholine in injectable grade from a German manufacturer that always made the injectable PC and they sell injectable PC to pharmaceutical companies as well. Very high grade. I've been there. Uh, it's sunflower PC with omega. We want a little omega-3 because sunflower PC is all omega-6. So we started using ahi flour, which is the highest omega-3 plant oil. It even tastes a little fishy. It's higher than flax. So those two in a four to one, six to three ratio with the best fat-soluble antioxidants. So this is where we need carotenoids and plant-based antioxidants is for inside the membrane. In the cytoplasm uh, and inside the organelles, we make glutathione superoxide dismutase. We make the water-soluble ones, and then we exogenously bring in vitamin C. But in the membranes, you're using carotenoids and tocopherols. And so we use astaxanthin, which is the best of the carotenoids, and tocotrienol, which is the best of the tocopherols. And so that's all in this stuff called membrane mend. 
And it's just, it's so beautiful when you take it. It's beautiful red. It actually gives you a little bit of a tan look. Because uh, of the astaxanthin. that yeah. goes into the skin. And that's also uh, solar protective. It's a protect against, uh, as it deposits in your skin, it's a, it's a sunscreen for you. I'm so glad you verified that because uh, I've experimented on uh, fair skin friends of mine. Yeah. That, you know, I'm always, I'm like, sun worshiper right yeah. I'm always out in the sun vitamin d levels are typically pretty good as a result and um you know you again you hear different memes in, in the health and wellness scene yeah. and i heard <laughs> I that about that astaxanthin yeah. and i've tried it on some of my uh you know irish buddies and whatnot and um that and chaga tea like a really thick uh. chaga tea because chaga's got uh d2 in it oh and so i get them on astaxanthin and chaga yeah. tea every day and yeah. they build up their solar callus super fast and can hang out in the sun with us olive skin yeah. folks yeah so it works but i you know you're the first super smart guy i've heard actually indicate yeah. that as well well it's it's becoming a big thing because uh sunscreens are being made illegal around the world because it's actually the sunscreens that are leading to the collapse of the great reefs uh, right. Because they use solar energy and all this PABA is, is depositing on them. Oh, is that why? That's why. And they can only live in this really fine, uh, this really fine depth between the top of the water and them to get exactly the right solar energy. Any more, they bleach and any less, they die of not having enough sun. And so the PABA is like sinking them down under the water because it's it's blocking the wow. UV from getting in there. I didn't there. know that. I thought it yeah. was just because there's toxic, you know, whatever. No, it's killing the Great there. Barrier Reefs. And so it's becoming wow. illegal in places like Australia and, and spreading very rapidly to other areas. Wow. And so you need more natural... Uh, natural sunscreens. In fact, I'm working on a project with uh, with my friend Lauren Bramley, who's a, who's a great doctor, usually a hormone doctor, but she's always loved astaxanthin, and because she gives it to all of her patients, they all look better. And she quotes a study where 30 days on astaxanthin and your physical attractiveness increases. They've had they, they <laughs> oh, really? take these people and they have people judge them, you know, swipe left, swipe right type of thing. Oh, that's and astaxanthin, funny. he starts swiping whichever direction that'll be the, the that'll the be the keeper. new quantification in, in uh you know alternative medicine is like a tinder swipe yeah the see. tinder swipe what's your tinder swipe oh i had a i had a 30 percent tinder shift that's funny wow what a trip um yeah okay then what about uh oh i know what i want to ask you when it comes to detox when i first you know back in the 90s i was uh extremely toxic i was yeah. doing tons of drugs drinking yeah. like a fish and just was a mess so sobered up and started realizing, I thought I was going to feel better when I sobered yeah. up, and I didn't because I was so toxic. I mean, I just ate garbage and just yeah. was smoking and snorting all kinds of stuff. <laughs> who knows what? Star days. I finally understood <laughs> it because I knew that about you, and I was yeah. like, the lifestylist. I kept thinking of stylists. I'm like, this guy's always well dressed. And I read your bio, and I was like, oh, he actually was a stylist. I was, yeah. Of actors in L.A., hands all the drugs. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. And, you know, half the time, I mean, it's funny, I think back and it's, it's, I mean, it's sad, but tragically funny at the same time. But, you know, you take something like crack and you get it on a street corner, someone spits it out of their mouth, same with street heroin. And, you know, sometimes it didn't do anything. Yeah. So it wasn't the thing, didn't smell like the thing, didn't taste like the thing, yeah. didn't have the effect. And that happened quite a lot. So I can't help but wonder what was the thing, 
You know what I mean? Like what kind of shit was I putting in my oh, body? Yeah. Not no. just the drugs that are actually pure and also bad and toxic. But the bad ones, you know? Yeah, but I mean, just like, you know, just except like the, the excipients, excipients the, the cutters. All that stuff, yeah. like Mexican tar heroin. I don't even know what that shit is. Some people say oh, it's yeah. like baby laxative. There's all kinds well, of weird things. Yeah, up the nose, baby laxative and, and so, cutting in there. And then, you know, like cocaine, you know, it was probably mostly speed with all these cutters. Yeah, you know, it was right. like I only had real cocaine when I was down for stem cells in uh, in in uh, in Colombia. Uh, Medi- so. I was in Medellin <laughs> for stem cells, and of so course. somebody's like, "Well, you got to try this shit." And I was like, <gasps> "I was like, oh my god, this is like the ultimate no trapping. This is the best shit in the fucking world. Good thing I don't live here." Yeah, and because yeah. I had never liked cocaine because it was always just cut speed, yeah, with toxins, and so, I was like, so- "Oh." Jeez, I wonder what the fuck is in that stuff up north. Yeah, I, we always said in LA, you know, your Coke was about 90% not Coke. Yeah. <laughs> so I was a Just kid. Give me some not Coke. Another kind of tragic story, but when I was quite young uh, in the area that I grew up in Northern California, there were a lot of drugs. Kind of all the hippies went and settled in there and the, up there in the 70s after they left the hate yeah. and stuff. And uh, I was able to procure uh, cocaine at a pretty young age, you know, nine, mm-hmm. 10 years old. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's where I've had a weird life. Um, so that was my introduction to it. And it was just this euphoric. I mean, you just felt like you were on top of the world. Yeah. I used to listen to Black Sabbath Snowblind with my Walkman <laughs> riding, riding my skateboard, just going, cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, some years later, moved to LA and we, oh, let's get some Coke, man. And I'd start to be like, what, what is, is this? this, this shit? You guys, it doesn't even numb your face. Like, yeah. what is happening? Anyway, I digressed. Whole point there. <laughs> Is I was in dire need of detox. This is pre, you know, Quicksilver push catch sophisticated yep. system. So I found this guy named Dr. Richard Schultz, okay. who was like a raw food vegan, yeah, det- yeah. Uh, like a student of uh, Dr. Christopher, like old school American herbalist. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And he made great formula. He still does the uh, American Botanical Pharmacy. Yeah. Uh, so they do, you know, gallbladder flushes yeah. and, you know, juice fast and all this stuff. But his primary focus the first thing he'd get you on was bowel cleansing yeah so you take the uh this kind of bentonite clay mm-hmm. and then you take these herbs and that, some laxatives these laxative herbs and you'd increase the number of herbs every day yeah and his theory was you don't want to start detoxing the organs the eliminatory organs so you get the gi until you make sure that you're actually regular and mm-hmm. you're you're doing the final uh push right yeah and the it's final not just catch. The, it's not just the shit coming out you're actually there's a lot of transporters that are dumping toxins into the gi and they get all you know they talk especially back in the day they would talk about that tire tube of rubber like <laughs> yeah, stuff yeah, coating yeah. that and you got to yeah. clear that away and get that transport system so it's dumping all of those toxins in there and that the the colon, the lower area, that's all of this uh, of this lymphatic tissue. That's where you're kind of doing a plasmapheresis down there. So you got to clear all that out. And that's why all, all those binders, like the clay was the classic one, you know, and that goes back to Michel Abissera was a French naturopath. He did tons of work on clay through the GI. Uh, you know, maybe a hundred years ago. And so those guys are doing that. I mean, it's a, it's a great, great path. And I have one crazy paper that was like published in some obscure journal and they were giving mice charcoal for their whole life. And the ones that were taking charcoal lived longer than the ones that weren't. 
and they called it a third organ or a fourth organ of elimination. And wow. we're increasing the body's ability to remove metabolic toxins. And, you know, this is at the same time where like doctors and stuff are saying, if you have a liver, then you're detoxifying fine. So you went, so that was your start was that classic GI based yeah, clay and then, herb thing. And then a lot of uh, colonics. I went to yeah. Hawaii, this place, Angel Farms, and did like a two week gravity fed colonic with ozone and all kinds of herbs and you, stuff. You were just linked up there yeah. for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, totally. No, it was like you're you're on the table for two hours a day. And, wow. then, and then at the end uh, of each, per- there's maybe six or eight people there. And it was like a gross, but also really interesting thing. If somebody came out of their little station and uh, everything that came out of you be like in a tub yeah. afterward. Yeah. And so you couldn't help but peek in there. And you would yeah. see some people, those tubes you described, yeah. like this whole yeah. like kind of mucosal lining kind of yeah, thing would yeah. come out. But some people would have huge parasites. I mean, it looked like a Ooh. freaking gardener snake you know oh. and so someone would come out of the room you guys look what i got and we all kind of reluctantly ah, then you have to look go in know. there and like poke it with a long toothpick a little stick yeah. you know and and it, i didn't have any of that coming out but there was i mean crazy not stuff. to be gross but i mean just black sludge from yeah. god knows when and not what to be gross we're already there man. yeah um so so back to your method of detox yeah. the push catch where you're uh exciting these these organs your um liver etc and then dumping those toxins. I mean, do you recommend that someone prior to doing that goes and has, you know, a series of colonics or does any of that it, stuff? It would be, that would be a really good thing to do and it would really help. You know, you, you can't set the bar too high because then people won't do anything, you know. Like you get somebody to agree to do two weeks, two hours a day on the colonic table. When are they actually going to pull the trigger on that? You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. five years later, you <laughs> yeah. know, or when they think that, you know, it's going to be a laxative based detox. Cause they're all like, Oh, it's a detox. I have to be close to the bathroom. And so it's right. like, no, not necessarily. So here we're working from, mobilizing stuff out of the liver and catching it there and then cleaning as much as it goes through of the colon out as we can. But we're not getting down to that level. I mean, we, we probably are to some degree breaking, slowly breaking down those big tubes of biofilm down there. But that is sort of, so there's the upper GI detox and the lower GI detox. So think of the upper GI detox as the primary chemical detoxification zone. And that's where all these transporters that move toxin conjugates, they're all going through the liver. And they're also along the upper GI. And as you get progressively farther down the GI, you have less and less of this chemical detoxification, more and more buildup of this big microbiome and its control. And then a lot of this water exchange going down in the lower GI. So lower GI at at the most high level of doing colonics is more like plasmapheresis, like cleaning up your plasma. And at the upper end, it's more of this chemical detoxification. So if you do both, that's absolutely the best. Yeah. Uh, and doing that cleanup on the lower GI will help the whole body start dumping everything. But we found that you can go in, you get this upper GI thing working separate from doing the the lower GI work and it will help it. But yeah, it would always be best if you do colonics too, but you don't have to. Okay. Uh, On to heavy metals, because I know this is an area of expertise of yours. And as I said, I did the tri-metals test and then I did- Yeah, the mercury tri-test and the blood metals panel. Yeah, yeah. Those two. And so- even though I had done tons of detoxing and stuff like that, I still 
had a bit more mercury than I would like, which is none. Uh, and then I had high lead from God knows what. And, um, so I did the black, your black box mm-hmm. and then retested. And I was like, holy shit, it worked. Like they were lower. Yeah. I mean, like within, well within passable. Yeah. Normal like I person. Deal with that. Yeah. Normal person standards. Um, so I guess, let me see how much time we got here. 20 minutes. Okay. That's, that's just right. So yep. what are some of the common sources of mercury and why is it bad for you? Or even all, you know, nickel, mm-hmm. lead, mercury, would those be the three kind of prominent? Uh, well, the, there's your four majors, mercury, cadmium, arsenic, and lead. Oh, okay. Cadmium and, and arsenic. And then, then in the second tier, you've got nickel, thallium, gadolinium, and uranium. Okay. I'll put those. So how are we getting metals into our body in, in, in this, you know, like widespread sort of epidemic of people just being high in metals and all of the cascade of other problems that come as a result. So let's go into mercury, cadmium and arsenic and we'll, we'll pull that out. Uh, Those are food and water based exposures and dentistry. So mercury You've got the silver amalgam fillings. It's probably arguably the worst form because uh, it's a metallic form of mercury that, uh, you know, mercury is that liquid metal. So it's got a vapor phase coming off of it. So there's a vapor phase coming off of it. You're inhaling it. 80% uptake across the, uh, across the lungs into the blood. And it could, that form, the vapor can go anywhere. And go into the blood, uh, I mean, uh, across the blood-brain barrier, go into the joints, do all kinds of stuff. And then after a couple minutes in the body, it oxidizes and breaks down into inorganic mercury. And that's where it's toxic. So it can get locked into the brain and have toxic effects there. You can go just about anywhere. And then you got fish. So fish is a more mobile form. It can kind of go into the brain, out of the brain. It can kind of go around more. It's a little less toxic at a cellular level, but it's really bioavailable. You get 95% uptake of mercury from the fish. So you got to choose fish that are lower down the food chain. That's all a food chain thing. Shark, top of the food chain, highest level. Swordfish, right next to it. Really big tuna, right under that. You eat from there, you're going to get mercury toxic, like Tony Robbins did, like the CEO of IMAX. So, you know, Tony figured it out, detoxed uh, with me, and got everything down before he had permanent neurological damage. Uh, The CEO of IMAX was, you know, I, I will say arrogant. Because I met him, he's an arrogant motherfucker, and uh, and he stopped eating fish, and his levels came down. He was at the same level as Tony, uh, but he walks with a cane now. He had permanent neurological damage, and when I suggested detox, he just kind of brushed the brush it aside. Well, choose the cane, uh, and so those guys were eating nothing but like. Swordfish and tuna are really high, high on the food chain. Sushi and whatnot. Yeah, yeah sushi and and uh, tuna steaks and and swordfish okay. steaks. It's rich man food. Right. You know, it's the steak of the sea, and uh, versus like you know eating. Uh, not that I really like farmed fish, but it's low mercury. But anything small, you can eat anchovies, uh, kippers, and sardines all day long and never have high mercury. But there's everywhere in between to choose from. Like in the salmon. I love salmon. It's got all kinds of great things to it. Get nice, wild, sockeye, pink, coho salmon, very low levels. You get up to king salmon, much bigger salmon. So for any fish, the bigger it is, uh, the higher the mercury. Now you're borderline. Now, you know, king, I love king, but like once or twice a month, you know. So it's, you know, and it's not like 
we go out for sushi and you you order some hamachi or you order some tuna and I say, no, evil. No, I'm going to eat it. I love it. But uh, I'm not going to eat that very often. So you have to control how much you go in. So methylmercury is coming from fish. Uh, inorganic mercury is coming from your amalgams. Uh, the vaccines used to have ethyl mercury in them, which is really bad, but it's really not in the vaccines anymore. Uh, and so that's your mercury. Then uh, arsenic, you get a lot from groundwater and from foods. Unfortunately, rice and certain grains have a lot of arsenic in it if they're grown in high arsenic soils. And also from chicken, conventionally grown chicken, they use arsenic as an antifungal or antiparasitic and anti-something. And so that builds up into the chicken flesh. Uh, then cadmium, unfortunately, you know, cadmium is like the metal for, you know, for super vegans uh, because they get it on, it deposits on a lot of uh, deep leafy greens. And a lot of the organic farms that are out there are donated open space land from municipalities trying to do something productive. So they got this land that they can't put any houses on next to the freaking highway. And they like donated to some dude who wants to turn it into an organic farm. And there's just tons of cadmium coming off of the exhaust and lead and is depositing uh, on, on, on those. Uh, also shellfish and stuff have very low mercury, but they can have cadmium and arsenic. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So you you look at like uh, when Tony Robbins' mercury was high, he was just eating top of the food chain. He had astronomical mercury levels, but no mercury and cadmium. Then you look at like when I get, uh, we have a lot of uh, of, we have a lot of doctors in Japan and in Hong Kong, and those people tend to have high mercury, high cadmium and high arsenic because they're eating all over the food chain there. Uh, and, you know, those are very industrialized levels so that the, uh, the shellfish and stuff have high metal content. You take a shellfish from a really clean area, it's not going to really happen. What about uh, cheap cookware? You know, these amalgam metals that they're calling stainless steel or just the cheap ones. I mean, we obviously don't want to be cooking nickel. in Teflon, but they'll, they'll have nickel in there, right? Nickel is in the stainless, bad stainless steel, you get nickel. And so nickel is really uh, immunotoxic. People, people get uh, allergies to nickel, just like, you know, people can't, who can't use cheap jewelry. That's an allergy to nickel. And if you see, you know, sort of green mark, you know, you get nickel on there. And so when some people get uh, nickel toxicity, they get uh, immunotoxicity to it and they're forming antibodies to it. And then they can't have any stainless steel uh, pots or silverware or anything. They got to go super clean there. Right. Uh, they're eating like off of porcelain and stuff. So those three, that's where you get that. Lead is mostly like in, our, in the old days, it was lead paint. And it was lead in exhaust. And uh, actually, after they took lead out of gasoline, uh, violent crime decayed heavily. Wow. There, there wow. is a graph from the 70s of violent crime going up, and then they deleaded gas, and you see lead go down and violent crime go down with it incarceration for violent crime. So, you know, what are these different manifestations in the brain of neurotoxicity of these metals? Uh, it, you become a paranoid schizophrenic from mercury, 
uh, which is, uh, I was joking with a friend of mine, you know, you know, what's your, what's your psychosis? And I said, oh, paranoid schizophrenia is mine. Like, like if you take me to the nth degree, I'd be a paranoid schizophrenic. <laughs> and, and that's, you know, it's, that's a murkier type of thing. Uh, but there's a genius that comes with that. Uh, lead, you are just uh, violent and dull, violent and stupid. So lead's, lead's really the lead blanket. It's a heavy one. You know, they're all, yeah. they're all a little bit different. Well, I had a lot of cognitive issues uh, when I had the high lead. Yeah. And I, oh, yeah. I think I got brain my, fog. I was, I was trying to think, yeah, because my levels were off the charts at one point. And I was trying to trace back, you know, was I eating paint chips as a kid or what? And I, you know, I didn't remember. But one thing I did remember was. I, I, I'm thinking about where you, you grew up, like where all the hippies went up in the hills and stuff. They probably got cheap paint. You know? yeah, that's <laughs> quite possible. Based. But one thing I yeah. know that I did is at one point I was living in this apartment and uh, it had this banister on the stairs and it was painted a million times. You know, it was like built in the 30s. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, so I wanted to get the paint off. I oh, realized and you took it all it off. It was really hard to sand it. So I got that chemical stripper. Oh, yeah. Right? And then I was like stripping all that paint yeah, off. and bees or that, something. Yeah, that must, you know, yeah. I was like, that must have been it. Because then you'd get like this grinder and take it all off. I oh, wasn't yeah. You probably have so. massive... Yeah, so I, I got it out. I did your right. stuff. I did at one point. I think I told you last time I did the L. Ron Hubbard uh, niacin yeah, sauna thing, yeah, yeah. and and both of those did it. And yeah. then it was like negligible. So there goes, you know. Uh, did it affect your prostate too? I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure, but I was dumb as a rock. I, I yeah. it was you know just no memory. I mean, yeah. I did a lot of damage to my brain early on too, and I'm I'm bouncing back pretty well. But yeah. Uh, yeah, when I got the lead out, it was like somebody turned the lights on. I mean, it was yeah, get the lead it was out. Huge. No, it, it it really is a big one. So those are those are some of the issues. Oh, and some and the of the sources. some of the groundwaters have a have a lot. Uh, I mentioned my friend Lauren Bramley. She practices in or was practicing in Whistler and Hong Kong, and all of her Whistler people had massive lead levels, and it's the water there. Oh wow! So uh, arsenic is a water thing, and lead is a water thing. Mercury, you're never gonna. Does lead and water come from old pipes? Is that no? This is geologic in this case, but it often like in uh, in Flint, it was lead pipes that they. It was over time. This lead had been coated by layers and layers of crap, you know, mineral deposition, and they switched from a higher pH water source to a lower pH and it dissolved all the coating uh, of you know, all this corrosion on the inside of the pipes and all of a sudden mobilized all this lead out. Oh, interesting. It. All right, yeah. so how do we get the metals out? First, we want to test for them, right? To see yeah. clinically what, see what you have. what's happening there. Then you're going to like, we have a couple uh, ways to build your, your metal detox. You can do our old school one, the cube, if you have lead and cadmium, add in EDTA. So we had cube plus EDTA, or you do our more modern one, uh, which is cube 2.0, which is the push catch with uh, PC, glutathione, and EDTA. And because and you guys are because you guys are testing pre and post like I did, I mean, then you can absolutely quantify that yeah. this is working. Where you right? are? Do you need more? Some people have blockages. Uh, epigenetic genetic blockages they got it you know some people got to do it for 12 months other people you know two three months and zip it's all out and does and, your methylation have to do with how you handle metals as well there's there's it's multifactorial i mean people you know talk about an internet meme oh i don't methylate therefore i don't detoxify it's like 
it's pretty. It, there's a lot of overlapping things going on. Methylation right. definitely could be part of it. Glutathione processes are much stronger a part of it. Uh, metallothionine, which comes along with the glutathione processes, they're just starting to tease apart what those different ones are for detox and different ones that make you more sensitive to a certain level that you have. So it's hard to look at a number and say, oh, I'm toxic or I'm not toxic. You know, you have to look at the number and you have to look at the symptomology. But the number tells you, like, if I feel this is toxic from the metals and I get it to go down 80%, but I don't feel any different, then, you know, it might be something else. Uh, but the number is something to track to know what's your goal, how far down do you want to get it, and how well is it getting down there. And how do you feel about uh, these oral chelators and IV chelation and stuff like that? Because you guys don't, don't We don't do, do any of that. Well, we would be technically <clears throat> oral, but we're not. It, the only, quote, chelator we're using is EDTA. We don't use DMSA and DMPS. If you want to use that, you can. And a lot of my friends like Todd Lapine, Mark Hyman, the guys at Ultra Wellness will overlay uh, a chemical chelator like DMPS or DMSA over our program. And the people, there's all horror stories with chelation and tons of them. And most of them are from not getting the elimination pathways all open before you start mobilizing and stirring the pot of all these metals. Ah, so that's that's the bad rap that that type that's of chelation That's the bad gets. rap that all has. So if you open up all the pathways, the metals will come out anyways. But if you want to speed that up by taking the chelators, you could do that, but only on top of a fixed draining system. Got it. That makes sense. Love it. Okay, then... Uh... Let me see. Tim. What about, okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, I'm going to get an IV after this uh, yeah. over at our friends at Alive and Well. Shout out to Alive and Well in Bee Cave, Texas. Uh, oh, mold. So I just did a mold show. I, I don't know why. It took me forever to get it done. Actually, I do know why, because it wasn't an issue for me personally. So I yes, just didn't get it. That's exactly how we roll. I didn't get around to it selfishly, but I moved in or bought this house out here and it had a bit of mold. Not bad, but enough where you want to get rid of it. And so I interviewed a guy, Michael Rubino. And uh, we were talking about the different sources of mold, how to identify it, the right way to test for it, and, and home remediation. But we didn't really get into how to get it out of your body if you've been exposed. Yeah. So I always just recommend your Dr. Jill's mold detox yeah. because your detox stuff worked for me. So I figured that one worked. But what what's up with that? Who's Dr. Jill and what's in that box that's different from like one of your, you know, more metal or toxin focused detox? Uh, yeah. Programs? So Dr. Jill is Jill Carnahan and uh, she's uh, a friend and a neighbor. We actually live a couple doors down from each other and she practices, you know, about three miles away from our laboratory and she's a specialist in mold. Uh, mold oh, okay. was always a big issue for her. And uh, so it, it it's you know it's based around that push catch with a couple of add-ons. Uh, there's a glutathione source in there. There's ketone for the mineral regulation because molds blow your sodium potassium channels and your aldosterone, and that's how you pee and hold water and minerals and stuff. And so it's helping regulate your water retention. Uh, there's some NAD in there because molds knock down your mitochondrial. Uh, but it's pretty much one of our, you know, it's a core system. It's not a whole lot different than uh, than the metal stuff, except there's no EDTA in there. Uh, so, yeah, with molds, uh, you've got that core push catch. We want some glutathione if you tolerate it well. And I like a lot of PC, and I think there is PC in that box because the mold's really uh, screwing up the... 
uh, membranes a lot, screwing up the bioflow. And so the PC is going to help get that all fluidized through there. But molds also wipe out uh, your mitochondria and hence why the, the NAD, uh, it's NAD gold with methyl charges are in there for, for building that back up. Cool. And is that something you think that, I mean, I guess it depends. Oh, on- and the, I will say the one differentiator with mold, if you're going to do any of those systems, if you're going to do any of, I mean, mold uh, or black box two works well on that or basic push catch with some add-ons, get extra binder. And if the system, whether it's Jill's or one of ours says, do it twice a day, take binder four times a day or more when you're, when you're doing mold. Cause that's, that's the big difference is you need binder more often because the mold toxins are always coming slowly out of the liver and they're being reabsorbed. So you need binder picking it off and taking it. Got it. And what would you recommend for women? And this is is a question that's of course relevant to my life, but if a woman's getting ready to uh, conceive Mm -hmm. and is just winging it and doesn't do any testing, which I wouldn't recommend if you live in the yeah. modern world. Uh, what would you recommend for a woman in terms of preparing for the, you know, the highest likelihood of having a healthy baby, like testing for metals, mold, doing, doing a detox before getting detox, pregnant? You know, cause the thing is, you know, the thing about testing, we love to test, treat, test, but we don't have tests for everything that are out there. You know, if there's, 10,000 chemicals that are a possible problem to us out there, maybe we're measuring 20 of them, you know, so you can get a false sense of security. Uh, I would test as much as you can. And if there's an obvious demon there, make sure you get rid of it first. If there's not, go through, uh, you know, one to two, one to three months of detox, you know, push catch lots of PC in this because you're building all of your membrane structure because you're going to be donating to the child all the time. Also, I would do lots of ketone and other minerals in there to make sure that you're rebuilding as you're stripping uh, and and uh, have the multivitamin in there too. So you're both taking away and putting back at the same time. Got it. You could do those sequentially, but there's no reason you, can do, you can't do that all at one time. So you want to get the stuff out. But then when you stop detoxing, give it at least a month before you go to try to have a kid. Because once you start mobilizing all this stuff, often, so there's a distribution between the tissues and the blood. And when you get really inflamed and really sick, you got all this stuff stuck in the tissues. Can't even see all the toxins in the, because you're, you, you can only measure in the blood and this whole challenge testing doesn't take it out of the cells. It only measures from the blood. And you'll see often you go into detox and you get much higher blood levels. You know, they come up and then they take a while to come back down and be lower than what they were before. So one to two months after the detox, before you conceive, I mean, everybody's all anxious to get in there and make that baby. But if you just take a little bit of time, it'll be well worth it. Cool. Awesome. I'm glad uh, we got to cover that. Yeah. And who have been three teachers or teachings that have influenced you and your work that you might share with us? Well, now... People who were teachers to me, my early teachers uh, were Dietrich Klinghart and Hal Huggins. They were oh, big, nice. They were the original Mercury guys, and they were the first ones I brought my first IMD, our metal detox product, and our testing to. Those guys really got me launched into the world and got me going out there. Uh, and then, you know, who else have I learned a lot from in this world? Uh, 
I'm going to give a shout out here, even though there's a lot of people who've taught a freaking ton along the way. I'm going to give uh, Frank Schallenberger that I've learned a lot from him. He's yeah, a big, big ozone, ozone guy. guy. Yeah, yeah. 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 What, what and you, the best guy with a needle. What do you think uh, about ozone as part of a detox protocol while we're on that? Yeah, well, it's uh, it's a stimulant to your glutathione system. It's uh, it's stimulant to your immune system. And so I would do ozone therapy along with detox for sure. Uh, and it's a hormetic stimulant. So it's a pro-oxidant, which is then stimulating your antioxidant response. Uh, and- would you do it in conjunction with a push-catch uh, kind of thing? Or would you would you do one before the other? I would do it all at the same time. <laughs> That's our, It's funny. I've never set an alarm on here, folks. That means the show's over. I've never yeah. set an alarm before because I'm like, I can be late, but today I can't. Yeah. So you would do it before ozone uh, before. No, I, I would do them all at, at the. I would start on the push catch and then do the ozones. Okay. While in this background of push catch, so you, your body's getting used to dumping things, Got and it. then you get this stimulation from the ozone, and that's gonna control some of the you know. Uh, some of the growth in there. One of the problems with detox is when you have uh, some sort of biofilm infection or chronic infection, creating inflammation and inflammation blocks detoxing. You're trying to detox, but nothing's coming out. Often when you go and you kill some things, then whoosh, everything comes out. So if you're doing like a IV or rectal ozone, then yeah. that's going to knock out those biofilms and yeah. clear the path. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Who's the third uh, influence? Well, I gave... Uh, uh, I did, oh, you gave uh, us three: Klinghart, Huggins, <laughs> and Schallenberg. You're sharp. That Yohimbi yeah. worked. Yeah. All right. You there's see? one one more question. I'm gonna sneak in real quick because I just thought. Did of you it. feel that during this? Oh talk, yeah, yeah. Because my sleep for I, we had all these thunderstorms here last night. Oh my god! Four o'clock last night. I'm not for the used next to that. Two three hours. There was a yeah. lot. It was like a war zone. My it was sleep. The loudest thunder. I was like, I'm used to be terrible. Yeah, in LA, I'm. I mean, I'm used to gunfire. But yeah, I was. My sleep sucks. So walking in here today, I was like, how am I going to do this? So yeah, it did feel it. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, yeah. But I wanted to ask you: Is there anything you can think of that people could take internally to help them be more resilient against EMF? NAD. Oh no shit. Uh, any of the amplicase or to an NAD world. Uh, so this is Martin Paul's work that uh, EMF is blocking this uh, voltage-gated ion channel. It's a calcium channel. And you're supposed to be constantly pumping calcium out of the cell and leaving magnesium inside the cell. Just like sodium, you're pumping it out of the cell and leaving potassium inside the cell. EMF damages that pump and then the calcium floods into the cell and creates inflammatory conditions. That damaged pump is repaired by NAD. So having a high NAD repairs that pump. Once I started taking NAD supplements, I noticed that uh, flights were not so damaging to me. Yeah, I did much better with flights. That's the most concentrated EMF scene that we do, You know, with the exception of being in... Uh, in casinos in Las Vegas, uh, you have uh, you have all the radiation from up in the sky, and you're in this tube that's holding everybody's EMF from everybody's device. Yeah, cool. NAD. I didn't think of that. I've yeah. I've heard that you want to up your magnesium levels because of that calcium influx issue. Yeah, so that's one way of looking at it. But repair the pump so right. it segregates 
black and white and doesn't make gray. Right. And then what about uh, molecular hydrogen, the hydrogen tabs? I do those a lot when I fly. They seem to help a lot, but I've heard that that could help make you more resilient. Yeah, it probably could. Uh, And what is hydrogen? It's an AMPK activator. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, no shit. That's cool. I didn't know that. Light NRF2, pretty good AMPK activation. That's why it's used in all these weight loss scenarios. Ah, got it. Cool. All right, dude. Where can we find you? Quicksilverscientific.com? Quicksilverscientific.com. Dr. Christopher Shade on Instagram. Numerous other Instagram and Facebook sites for Quicksilver that I don't control. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's really the quicksilverscientific.com and, and you'll be split into a consumer or a practitioner site. Practitioner site just has more data sheets and uh, ad- you know, uh, access to different things that aren't on the consumer site. But we do a lot of webinars. There's a lot of podcasts of me out there. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of educational resources. Yeah, thanks, dude. You're a wealth of information. And thanks again for coming out to Austin to see me. Oh, it's great to see you. Yeah, and it's man. great to be in person. Yeah, touch. it is. Yeah, human Look, touch. I'm not even going to wash I'm not even gonna wash my hand afterward because no. my immune system's on How point. That? You know it. Yeah. All right, dude. Thanks for coming out. Thank you. Well, what a roller coaster ride that was, my friends. Thank you so much for joining me and um, giving me the opportunity to sit down with Dr. Chris Shade again. As I said in the intro, he really does have a, uh, a rare blend of intelligence and humor. And I think those go so well together. It makes for a fun conversation for me as a host. You know, sometimes you might meet someone who's hilarious and lighthearted and fun, uh, but might not necessarily be able to teach you anything other than the virtue of that attitude. And other times you meet someone who's brilliant, but perhaps they get so deep in the weeds on the science and the complexities of their area of expertise that it's kind of hard to follow and stay engaged. And I guess in the the worst case scenario, perhaps even boring. So this was a cool episode for me to record. I always learn so much when I'm in the same room with this guy. And I think right now, you know, those topics around detox and immunity are super important. And hopefully we we weren't too explicit in this conversation as to get it banned from the intro web. Um, you know, you have to be very mindful about how you say things uh, today, unfortunately. But I think, and uh, really, what well, my goal was was to provide information that would be timeless and useful around some of these topics, like metals, mercury, mold, uh, ways to detox safely and effectively, etc. And of course, you know, as you learned, when we are less toxic our immune system works a lot better. But don't you dare post the hashtag natural immunity on Instagram or you'll be censored for providing misinformation because God knows there's no such thing as an innate, natural, God-given immune system. (laughs) Don't get me started. But seriously, thanks so much for joining me on this one. If you were inspired or entertained, do us all a huge favor and just share this on social media or text it to a couple friends. and. I want to let you know that next week's episode is a real barn burner, man. It is, it's incredible, to be honest. Not because it's my show, obviously, but the guest. It's Dr. Lana Morrow. She's got a company called Think Interfaces. The episode's called The Ultimate Brain Upgrade for Dopamine, Focus, PTSD, Mood, and Anxiety. Dr. Lana is a another PhD. I got a lot of fancy pants people on the show. Uh, she's a PhD neuroscientist, originally from Italy. Uh, via New York City. She just moved to Austin. 
So uh, lucky me, I finally, after talking to her for the past couple of years and, and learning a lot from her just privately, finally got to sit down in a room with her. And what was maybe even cooler is that she had her technology, this think system with her. It's small. And uh, we did six sessions of brain training uh, around the time of this interview. I think this was kind of right in the middle of those sessions. And it's just been such a massive upgrade for my mental function. I mean, just my capacity to focus, um, just how relaxed I feel. It just was a massive, massive shift for me. And, uh, and it's something that she, she invented and has patented and is now kind of for the first time coming out into the world with this uh, Think training. And um, so I'm really stoked to share that with you. I mean, I find a lot of things and a lot of them help and a lot of them work. And when they do, I do my best to share them with you and anyone that follows me on social media. But this one was very unique and very special, uh, what she does. It's just, I don't know, my brain feels awesome and I feel smarter than I ever have in my life, which has been a challenge for me at times. I haven't felt that bright because I've had so much brain fog and quite frankly, did a lot of damage to my brain uh, when I was young and eager for exogenous chemicals. <laughs> so it's been a journey kind of getting back or even getting better than it was before. And Dr. Lana really helped with that. So next week's episode is going to be a really special one for me and hopefully for you as well. I think we went about two hours and just, I mean, we talked about everything there is to know about the brain and not like you can do that in two hours, but at least enough to cram into a podcast and then um, went into how she developed her technology and how it works and why it's so effective for so many things. And um, when I find something like that, man, I'm just like, oh, I can't wait for people to hear this, especially because she's not done a lot of media because she's been doing research for, I think, like 25 years. Um, so she spent a lot of time in the lab and not so much time on the mic. So that's going to be very fun. If you're still hanging in there and you loved Chris Shade and you uh, are curious about his product line, Quicksilver Scientific, I absolutely vouch for them, love them. I'll warn you, they are not cheap in terms of supplements, but for me, worth the investment personally because of the bioavailability and the degree to which you actually absorb the nutrients because of his liposomal formulation. So I find his stuff lasts longer because I need less of it to get the effective dose. And you can get that at quicksilverscientific.com. And if you use the code STORY10, you'll save 10% off your first order. So if you already order stuff from them, wah, 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 the code is not going to do anything. I guess you could make a different account. Wait, I don't even know if that's right. Are you supposed to do that? You know what I'm saying. Point is, you can find them over at quicksilverscientific.com. And um, always like to remind you that I think in most cases, most people don't need to take a ton of supplements to be healthy. If you're eating, you know, a solid macro and micronutrient dense diet and you're avoiding toxins as much as is feasible and you're mindful of EMF and you just get your ass outside more and just breathe and pray and love on people and connect and dance and get in the sun and get in some hot water and some cold water and just immerse yourself in the natural world, in most cases, you know, unless maybe you have an acute or chronic illness, that's going to keep you healthier than any supplement can. But if you're like me and you just are nuts and you just want to do all of it, they're a great company to explore. So thank you so much for listening. And I can't wait to be back with you next Tuesday 
with Dr. Lana Morrow. Mm-hmm.